Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Revely, revely, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. That needs to be plugged on. It's plugged on. Okay, never mind. Oh, yeah. Wow, right? Vegas, baby. Uh, sorry for the delay, but we here, we in this, this Friday, December 10th, 2021 is morning combat, and wow, what a day just outside that window here in my hotel room. You can see T-Mobile Arena inside that building, of course, is UFC 269. Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas, we are here, though, to deliver you the best damn sports combat show that ever happened and to walk up to that, you know, that awards dinner tonight. Maybe we'll take a hard L at the World MMA Awards. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't think it's it, possible. I don't, but, uh, I don't think it's a dinner. Oh, we don't get food or drinks? Uh, there'll be a bar. Okay. I don't know okay. if they're going to be free. I though. will make sure I will get my money's worth out of Are that. Are you just okay. going to eat all the olives like yeah, a true absolutely. alcoholic? Uh, hopefully we can rub elbows with some E-list celebrities. I'm ready. But BCLT, you know how we get down. We are in Vegas. This is my hotel room. And, Luke, there are, I've seen... I've been at orgies with less people than the amount of, that we have stuffed into this tiny hotel room. You with me on this? This hotel room is... Um, it's like one of those, like cars from the 90s that got a new paint job yes and it's yes. kind of cool but then when you open the car door you can see like rust in the hinges kind of thing speaking of 90s i was able to create a last minute 90s dad look originally our, our documentary and jake who's awesome on documentaries right when, but, when he shows up, yes. Yes, but when he's trying to set up your in-room shot, he had, like, the zoom in on our package. He's like, no, it looks great, guys. No, or if that, not that, he's like, hey, what angle do you guys look the most like pieces of shit? Yeah. <laughs> Let me find that one, and let's zoom in on that with a prime uh, lens. We've got a great, a great show for you today, of course, breaking painstaking detail, breaking down UFC 269. We tried to get a pregame preview yesterday. We did. We did. Some things didn't cooperate. Dude, it's cold Weather. shit here in Vegas. So, dude, it, it is cold, windy. It's, it's rodeo weekend so there's freaking cowboys everywhere but, they, you uh, know what the cowboys love masks they just <laughs> love the masks yeah yeah they can't yeah. stop wearing them it's amazing <laughs> yeah, they yeah, were it's, very covid conscious it's wild uh we've got a um by the way we are we gonna this is gonna be a thing we have to figure out are we gonna wear masks tonight because you know it's, it's gonna be a thing like do you do you not wear masks i'm boosted are you boosted yeah, I got. Every, I, I've been filled with everything. Yeah, I mean, so I've, I'm. I'm not too worried I'm about like it. A jelly donut right now. <laughs> uh, so we got to figure that part out because okay. we're gonna have to. All right, uh, great show for you today. We want you wearing our merch, by the way. You can see you got a little. Uh, yeah, I have the all the smoke merch on. I didn't right have here, any. Luke representing a different Showtime digital product. But if you go to morningcombat.store, I believe as our 
merch master, RJ Dunkelmaker, has told us, you basically got to order today if you want these under the Christmas tree, if that's your deal, this holiday season. But go to morningcombat.store. Cyber Monday deals still apply. We got new Christmas products. We got Factory Town MMA. We got Luke's Halloween dead face on his chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's some tie-dye shirts. You see that shirt? Tie-dye? I did not yeah, see that. Man. Okay, dude, he's putting stuff in there without like even talking to us. Yeah, but it's unlike it's good stuff. Right? Yeah, that's it, the, that's, that's the part. When that's I see difference. it, I'm always like, oh, this is yeah. pretty nice. Uh, and of course, you can get our faces splattered on your ass cheeks this uh, holiday season. Quite literally. So please check that out. Uh, you want to talk? Hey, about your stream froze. Is the stream great. on? That's great. We're yeah, rolling, right? My, our okay. Wi-Fi here. Hotel room Wi-Fi. You, you all got that McDonald's Wi-Fi. Got that McDonald's um, Wi-Fi. There's another marriage. We were speaking of Vegas shotgun marriages. There's another marriage that we want to talk about here, Luke. Okay. There is. Yeah, I, I know what you and uh, you and the sound guy have been up to. Um, Luke, what I'm saying is MK and DK. Oh, what a right. Weekend for Morning Combat and DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one betting partner provider for I don't know the NFL, UFC. I was telling you I was betting on pro cutter basketball a couple weeks ago. Uh, we got a great Wait, special. you were betting on pro basketball in Cutter? Cutter and YouTube, and I told you about this at our last show, and you just completely ignored it. I did ignore it. This is, really, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, doing I just, you know, it. when you talk, it's it's inconsequential, so uh, I tend to tune The final out. UFC pay-per-view, 269, across the street right there, going to go down on Saturday. And Luke? Can, I, can we say something first? Is it my imagination, or did Fight Weeks used to feel a little bit rowdier pre-COVID? It depends, though, to be fair. Boxing or MMA on who's in the main event, though. you got to be fair. That that dictates... The Even with Con when Connor was here, it was okay. It yes. was pretty wild. And plus, like everyone, it was, that was when COVID was first going away and everyone was like filling arenas again. And so that was fine. But, dude, like th this event is probably going to sell well, both at the gate and on pay-per-view. Not like Connor, but it will sell well. And I'm not going to say that they're... Not, I want to be clear about this. 269 is going to do well commercially. But what I am saying is yesterday, walking around... I felt like it used to be on fight week. If you were walking around the city on a Wednesday or Thursday, you'd see fans everywhere. Dude, I don't see any fucking fans. Well, to be fair, UFC's not... Normally, when you come to Vegas for a fight, that's the number one event that weekend. It's not this weekend. You got the rodeo. You got some other stuff going on. That's true. There's an NFL team here now. There's a lot of I'm just saying, stuff the rodeo on. dudes are conspicuous. Yeah. MMA fans, Our not producers as much. are like, guys, can you get to the DK Rio I, I already? Know. Sorry about that. Yeah, anyway, uh, DK's got a DraftKings, the sportsbook. Download the app. We got a great deal for you. 4269 this weekend. We know Dustin Poirier... And Charlie Olives are going to throw punches. If you put a dollar down on that fight, correct? Yep. You, and they land one punch against each other? That's Either one. one. Punch? All that, one punch has to land. That's it. You get $100 free dollars in, in, in bets to, to use on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's like free money where I come from. That's absolutely free money. Just use the code COMBAT, K-O-M-B-A-T, for the audio listeners who might be enjoying this. And, dude, DraftKings is going to hook you up. They're going to make this partnership good for us, but they're definitely going to make it good for yeah, you, too. Yeah, financially operative for everybody, and you can win some, too, by using the free bucks. Put your money down on any sport you want. But obviously, there's a lot of to be betting on. We're going to get into the odds and give you the picks for 269. But get with DraftKings because we're getting with them, and it's a good time. But, Luke, a couple little, little code here. Must be 21 or older in the states of New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. They've got uh, prohibition-type laws there, apparently, Luke. It's, it's old school. It's old school. And also, uh, code combat with a K, as we mentioned, $5 minimum deposit required, $1 raged wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Slash sportsbook for more details. And if you do have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler and get that shit sorted out. All right, let's get on with it, Luke. Any, anything else you want to sell? I know we're late because of the. I'm excited shot. to talk about UFC 216. I have a lot to say about it, so let's, let's get into it. All right. I did, I did a shitload of prep for this. Yeah, so. so just to be clear, a big part of UFC 269 this week was the little announcer battle between friends Daniel Cormier 
and Dominic Cruz. That got going, a lot of headlines. Are, are we going there first? It, we, it got a lot of headlines. In fact, DC on his own YouTube channel recorded this interview with Dominic. Bizping recorded his own thing. Everybody's milking off of this. Dominic Cruz calling his colleague out publicly and saying DC yeah. doesn't watch enough tape. He doesn't take the job seriously. He gets the paycheck and leaves. But the day that news broke, Luke Overtax was like, yo, BC, I know you got a long flight to Vegas. I know you're going to be all up on that Mahjong app with your Kate Spade case. Just <laughs> filling time, just chilling, listening to music. You and my abuela. I need you to watch tape. I need you to watch a lot of tape. You, you got all kinds of, like, Dom Cruz, what does Keith Peterson smell like? Like, you just got, you know, you went there. I did. Dude, here's the thing. Sometimes watching tape can be difficult because the fights are long. Like, doing the Canelo, you would agree. Doing the Canelo resume review was harder because he had a lot of really long fights. And obviously, you know, you, Max versus uh, Dustin, too, was, you know, with commercial breaks and, and everything in between. It ends up being like 40 minutes almost. Um, but, it's, it's depending on how many times you watch it, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I mean that, that joke never gets old, Dad. Uh, we're gonna fix this or no? No, we're just gonna live <laughs> like just a frozen piece of shit computer yeah, that yeah. CBS gave us. Uh, but the the point being is, dude, watching Oliveira and Poirier's career, it's a joy to look at tape. Yeah. It's fucking fun. Yeah. Their fights are fun to watch. They it's used not to make almond joys in my hometown in Ogden, Connecticut. It's a joy, you know. Almond joy is the worst fucking no, candy. It's classic though. It's classic. It's classic, right? It's classic Americana. Dude, polio was classic. I mean, <laughs> you know. Well, yo, FDR, he, 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 went to the, he, he went to bat against that. I mean, he yeah. wasn't standing, but he went to bat against it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't, he got KO'd. It didn't, you know, listen, it was a 10-7 round. I, I don't mean to, <laughs> wow. like, make a joke about it. You I'm got just an like, t-shirt on under there? What's no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just joking. But I'm just trying to say that, like, uh, it was really fun. I really enjoyed the process. Let's get into it. So the point of UFC 269 is Luke calling me out for not watching up enough tape very Dominic Cruz. No, no, I didn't say But you, I did. I, I didn't did. say that you don't watch enough. I wasn't making a declarative statement about what you do and don't do. I was just saying for this one, don't miss it. That's what no, I'm saying. Oh, wow. I, I took it the other way. I took it. As Did a you joke. really? Motherfucker, we can't take this show to the next level. No, unless no. Unless the Dude, MMA listeners feel like they actually here's know what, less. Here's what, here's what Brian Campbell does. Everything I say, he refilters through. What's the most bad faith interpretation of this I could possibly come to? That's what he must have meant. I merely meant, I know you can bring it. We can both bring it together. This is such a great fight to do it. This is, this is the one. I brought it. I watched every single fight in Charles Oliveira's nine-fight win streak. Wow. As the current reigning and defending UFC lightweight champion makes his defense in this main event against Dustin Poirier. We went hard, ham, if you will, on Wednesday about the storylines of this fight card. And there's no, you know, there's no reason not to. When you add in those stats that we were talking about throwing around, it is one of the biggest and best UFC title fights in recent memory, just from the standpoint of the record of both, mm -hmm. their history with finishes, bonuses, all that great stuff. Respect for both at 32, kind of having the same type of career rekindlings or turnarounds to get to this point. But Fridays are for X's and O's. And as we stand right now, Luke, Dustin Poirier, a close but firm betting favorite coming into here. Why, Luke? Why? A close but firm betting favorite. So, first of all, I would... I would argue that, again, dude, we're talking about two guys with incredibly tough runs here. There's just no denying it. They got to this space the hard way. Some guys get shot out of a cannon and get right to the title, like a McGregor or a Jones, and that's their story. That wasn't the story of Poirier and Oliveira. I think why Oliveira is a firm favorite is that he is not a perfect fighter. No, no fighter is, but his weaknesses don't seem quite as vulnerable as some of Oliveira's, and also we tend to think he probably, probably has better firepower. So you add in a bit, 
Now, this is going to fade because of the wars that he's been in, but you think right now, we think, Poirier is going to be probably of the two more durable. He won't be as good on the ground, but he's hardly some scrub there. And then on the feet, um, again, Oliver is quite competitive, but, you know, you go back even to the Michael Chandler fight, you know, Michael Chandler didn't finish him off there. Maybe Poirier wouldn't have either, but the, but the, I won't say the ease with which he landed, but one big shot for him really set in motion would a you, chain of events, and I think Poirier can be the kind of guy who can recreate that with his power and Would accuracy. you agree that Charles Oliveira is, is more dynamic as a striker, maybe a little bit more dangerous because of the variety, but Poirier's like the guy who, the restaurant who knows he makes one meal so great that he's going to set you up, obviously, for the boxing and the left hands, but it's like when that moment opens up, when you make that one mistake, Poirier gets you out of there. But I think Oliveira has more chances to win this early, not just by raising his power, which he's done three finishes on the, in terms of strikes in the last five. But, Luke, if, if Poirier, he doesn't have a bad chin. He's got a great chin. Mm -hmm. But he can't have a flash chin. I mean, you can hurt him. If Oliveira can hurt him early, he can transition that to a submission attempt. That's the scare factor there. But I would take Poirier's one note in comparison over the long haul in terms of which you know, offense has the potential to be more devastating. I would say, you know, what, you, what we usually do, what we usually do is we look at a fight and we say, who has more ways to win? We tend to defer to the person who has more ways to win. Yeah. There will be exceptions, and I think this is one of them. But that's usually like, well, if you, have, you can knock them out and you can submit them, you like the chances to succeed there. But what I would actually submit to you is I think Oliveira does have more ways to win. Coach Mike Brown was saying he's only really got one way, which is to submit him. Right, but he could do damage on the feet to facilitate that. So it's almost, and I would actually argue on the feet, it's possible he could win as well. Though I don't think that's as likely. But the difference is that while Oliveira might have more ways to get a victory, Poirier's, let's say, dominant way of getting the victory is, among all the possible permutations, the strongest of, the, of them. Like I agree with that. him winning with his fists, or at least causing problems in a way where he can get to a decision or stop him, that seems like it, that's really hard to avoid, dude. He is accurate. And here's the part about Dustin Poirier. He, I think I have the numbers here. I'll pull them up in just a second. But he lands over five strikes per minute, so he actually has very high volume. And he does get hit a lot. He, land, he absorbs over four a minute. So what, what does that tell you? Dude, he'll take a little bit to deliver it back, and his pop, uh, punching power, 155, it's not up for debate. It is excellent. His accuracy is pretty good. Like You just have to imagine, dude, he's going to land a hard shot on Oliveira if they Absolutely. stand long enough. And then the question is, what happens then? No, for real. And I, you know, watching the entire win streak of Oliveira, and watching the, the, you know, the losses, the Paul Felder one that set I it up. I want to ask you about that. There's a lot I want to talk about. You know, a lot of the debate could, could settle into strength of schedule. And has he fought anyone that could properly prepare him for how great Poirier is? I want to get into that in a second. But just what I learned about Oliveira from seeing the losses, and he had four in a six-fight stretch from 2015 to 2017, and then seeing how he rose in confidence. It was a, a rising phoenix. Every fight he seems to get more confident. But what the confidence field, Luke, was that flow state that, of course, every MMA fighter wants to get into. But with Oliveira, man, it is a chill flow state. There are times when, you know, he gets taken down or sometimes you feel like he's letting the guy take him down and, he, and it's almost like he's playing possum and then he quickly sweeps and reacts and, and tries totally. to get you into a submission. And I feel that same type of possum at times on the feet, even though during this win streak, it's been a lot of one-sided fights. It's been a lot of him, like you're taking on the Nick Lentz level, the Clay Guida. You know, no disrespect, but you get it. There's levels. He, maybe he could be a little more dynamic and free-flowing there, and, and he was leading off with flying knees and stuff. But for the most part, Luke, the fact that he never, the, the, because he's in that flow, it never feels like there's too much pressure on him. It's never, like, the, the, the stage is never too bright. He can compete with anybody on any level because of that, Luke. When he's in that lack of, of 
worry or fear or thought, his brain's going to set up the next move, and he's freaking dynamic as shit. So, so someone actually, this, I'm glad you brought this up. Someone wrote me a really interesting email. I guess somebody who has just started trending sent me an email, and they were thinking, like, dude, how does Oliveira not just chain all these things together, but how does he stay, like, so energy efficient with it? Mm-hmm. And a couple things I would say. One is when a person starts training in any, in any martial art or any sport, but, you know, let's just keep it in combat sports, even jujitsu, if you want. When they start out in the beginning, they're very tense all the time, and they spaz. And remember, remember, CM Punk was trying to like just rage out of positions. Yeah. It's because they don't know the technical way to get out, and also they're under duress and stress, and they're not thinking. First thing I would say is Oliveira at Poirier too, obviously, but these guys are so experienced at this point that they not only have command of their faculties and their, the ability to fight, but they're just at ease with the challenge in front of them. The other thing I would say is, dude, he makes dude Oliveira. Bad or good, he makes decisions and then just goes with it, right? He makes decisions like, I once asked a friend who, who had a motorcycle, had like a little po- pocket rocket mouse. He watches the show. And I was like, dude, how do you like weave between traffic like there? And he's yeah. like, when you're going like an ape. 90 through, through a, a busy highway, you don't even, there's no thought process. You right. just react and make those That's decisions right. on a deep subconscious level. Charlie Alves is at that level. Like, he's at mastering the game level, you know, in video game terms of just like, he could pull anything out at any time. He didn't look like that during no. that losing streak. No, so he's, he's not indecisive. He has a great clamp, the ability to find. He can wrestle quite well with his legs and whatnot. But even on the feet, you know, sometimes he doesn't have to do the flashy stuff. Like, think about the way he put out Michael Chandler. It was a simple combination. It was a 2-3 across and then a hook behind it. And it was only because Michael Chandler went back to the same position he was weaving out of. But what I mean to say is, how does he identify that? He just watched it happen and then made the call in real time and watched Oliveira's face. After that round, it was a bad first round was a bad round for him. He came back out calm, and he makes clear, decisive decisions and rolls with it. Not always the best ones, but when they're good, and most times they're good, he has a great result you as a You indirectly hit on something. He also makes decisive striking attempts, meaning we yes. think of him as a whirlwind video game type striker at times, right? But the strikes aren't like that. He doesn't try the flippy shit nope. and try that looping wheel kick that may or may not hit. His striking, specifically in how he's improved his boxing of late, he's very direct to the point with clean, short shots. I think that has been a big undertold factor as well. That for you can you can you can give the intention and the fake of a big peacock elaborate move, but he's like a cobra when he lands. And also the other part too is if you're the one who's decisive in any kind of striking or grappling exchange and you're reasonably good, which obviously Oliveira is good, think about, like, for example, think about the Kevin Lee fight. Kevin Lee, let's say you wanted to give him the first two rounds, which maybe people don't because of the way in which the battling happened on the ground, but these were two rounds. And Lee landed some good right counters. He was in that. He did, and he had some decent ground panel along the way, too. But what I mean to say is go and watch Oliveira work his magic, and what you end up seeing is Oliveira making clear decision after clear decision. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't, but Kevin Lee had to play catch-up constantly. He was constantly having to react to whatever Oliveira was giving him in this chain of succession so I like events. like on the, uh, in the show in front of the microphone. Yeah, I'm, but no, the, I'm playing the Oliveira role. That's the difference is I ignore you. That's, that's <laughs> You're the on difference. the way to a Kevin Lee type exit from this show. It's, I, I just totally ignore you. Uh, but the point being is, that you, it, it, I just want to be clear about this, that's part of the reason why Kevin Lee got so worked out. You have one guy who is calm, making choices, and knows what, what, you know, has a good chain flow of positions, and the other guy is constantly having to work. One thing I'll say about Poirier, he, is he definitely comes in with intention, no doubt about it. Mike Brown is not sending him out there and being like, hey, figure it out in real time. Like, they've got a plan. But what I will say is you can't look past Oliveira's intentionality with his offense. To your point, I mean, he used to be like, oh, guillotine, fun, and I'll jump on it. And obviously he's got some great guillotines, but you've seen a couple of moments where he'll 
um, give in to a position or give in to a scenario because someone else was setting the terms. He's gotten around this now because he is defining the terms of how he fights, and the results speak for themselves. We probably won't see it in this fight because Poirier's too elite. He's not going to show you weakness. But during this win streak, when people show that weakness to his aggressive pressure early, and he realizes that you don't have something coming back like Paul Felder, like Heavenly had, which was powerful, accurate counter shots early to make sure he couldn't do this. He'll just he'll jump all over you. I mean, he will put it on you. I don't Warrior. think we're going to see no Oliveira. Oh, no. So he can smell like a dog. He can smell oh, that yes, weakness yes, on you, and that you have fear for that type of pressure. And that's when he gets a little bit more wild. He tends to obviously, you know, re reel that in a bit against the uh, the super elites there. But but also, let's talk he's about got, well, real quickly. He's got confidence in his guard game. So for example, let's say even if he goes for a low percentage guillotine, he's got good guillotines. But let's say for example, it misses. Even if he's underneath Poirier, I don't think he wants to be there. But if he finds himself there, it is hardly the end of the world so because he's, got, he's got such range of abilities across scenarios and fighting. This lack of panic out of him and this very free-flowing, just, you know, whatever, he'll stay on his back sometimes. And, and it's like, you're like, okay, fight out of it. Get up. And as long as he's not receiving damage there, he let Kevin Lee kind of try to stretch him out and spend a long time mm -hmm. there. He tends to not panic in that situation, not just because he's got the jujitsu to finish you if you make a mistake, and that's certainly part of the default way of why doing that. But I think sometimes he's kind of just waiting for you to make that one mistake that Absolutely. can turn into that sweep where you, he lulls you to sleep in that regard. So let's talk about oh, all real quickly, just uh, Let me just add on that. This is very easy. Like one thing, you know, with jiu-jitsu is if you're a good operator underneath with your guard, all I need you to do in certain cases is bump you in one direction and get you to plant a hand. Once you've planted that hand, then depending on what you want to go for, you can do triangles. and there's, uh, The point being is you're going to maneuver a guy. Dude, I can't overstate this. Charles Oliveira's ability to wrestle and control with his legs, it's not an automatic skill. You have to really, really work on that. And he's got it to the – I mean, I mean this is a compliment. He's got almost like primate-like yeah. ability to just move his legs like his hands. That's a very difficult – your upper body is smart. Your lower body is stupid. That's what they say. His transitions are you, insane. You have, you have to – his upper – his lower body is quite smart. Yeah. You know? So, look, he ends up on his back a lot because he takes chances and he knows he has a jiu-jitsu where he's always dangerous. But let's talk about his offensive wrestling. Against the – Great question. In this, in this winning streak, against the guys who, to be fair, are you know, B-minus B level guys – a lot of times he's just ducking their right-hand attempts and double-legging them. But the majority of his takedowns come on trips that after the clinches that he forces. He uses his pressure or the threat of his pressure if he's in there against an elite guy to get close. But then he's trying to get that clinch yep. and get you into the trip takedown. Yep. Will that be effective against the Dustin Poirier? I think it will be. I think one thing I'm looking for in this fight is, you know, we mentioned Oliveira has kept his bearing and his wits about him, and that means he makes better decisions. And when he makes better decisions, obviously the fights have better outcomes. Obviously you add in all the experience and the abilities, and that's why he's been winning. But a big, hard shot from Dustin Poirier could change all of that. And now what do you do? The offensive wrestling, and dude, I really like it. I think guys who can mix in trips with their sort of, I mean, the tripping is part of wrestling, part of judo, but it's slightly different. Like a lot of people will work on doubles and singles and lifts and mat returns and not really bring in the tripping portion of their game along as well. I think it's a big thing that actually jiu-jitsu wrestling kind of focuses on, that he's got well. And I will say this, dude, against the fence, you know, uh, ability, uh, Poirier's ability to stand up is great. Poirier is a black belt himself and has been one for some time. He is hardly a slouch on the ground. But one thing I'm looking for is the offensive wrestling, because he is calm, mm -hmm. he can time it better. We do see Poirier, not blitz, but he'll do shifting into a pressuring uh, situation. And... If he can time it and get underneath it, dude, he can find Poirier's back. And even if you don't finish Poirier from there, 
take a couple rounds from him, the whole yes. fucking game changes. And dude. his his top position, which is not Oliveira's strongest game on the ground, it's improved during this win streak. He's much Massively. more aggressive, looking to get ground upon clean right hand, stand up to do it, all that. Uh, the guy, I will say this: the win for Paul Felder over Oliveira. That is a that has aged super well. Isn't that a little weird? Uh, meaning no. Oliveira pa- went. Paul from... Felder was. I watched that fight again. Dude, Paul Felder was completely no, he dialed was, in. But Oliveira went from comfortable on the ground, not afraid to getting finished, to getting finished in a. It seemed too easy, is what I'm trying to say. That part, the ending seemed too easy for the threat because Oliveira almost finished him on, by submission earlier. Yes, in that fight a I, times. I think that he was a little bit um, guessed. Yeah. Oh, well, I think the first part he's a little bit surprised that Felder didn't go away. And the other one was, dude, I think Felder was hitting him with ground and pound so eventually. He, that changed his mental. That's the one yeah. thing where I think when Oliveira isn't, like, we all, we've been through this a million times. Nobody likes to get hit. But you'll hear certain fighters being referred to as, um, you know, they don't mind getting hit. Like, what does that mean? It means they don't lose their bearing. It hurts and it bothers them, but they are able to maintain clear decision-making yeah. scenarios in their mind. Some guys I are too, th- too jacked up where they get hit, they've right. in the game plan and want to get back And I think it. Oliveira is still one of those guys where if you can take him into a situation where he has to rely on his bearing, his bearing won't save him. I, I, do, yeah. I do believe that. Uh, he's got liquid ball bearings, big ones, Oliveira, meaning Luke, while we can talk about the competition difference on this win streak, and I think it's fair to talk about, Oliveira, when he, when he lost four of six, and then had to make a change to the division. Look, the big part of his turnaround is obviously the confidence increasing, becoming a well, more well-rounded fighter, but I think he learned from the Felder loss to realize if I want to be championship level, I've got to be in the best shape of my life every single time out, no question. I've seen that change in him. Yes. But you can only fight who you can fight. And coming off that losing streak when he did officially move up to lightweight, um, they started off giving him a low-level guys, and he fought a bunch of those. I know you can argue in hindsight, like when he fought David Tamer, that was a much more dangerous fight. Tamer never fought again since then. Mm-hmm. So, But when you look back, nobody's on a Poirier level until the very end. And again, he beat a Kevin Lee on the way out, a Tony Ferguson who's fading, and a Chandler who went for broke along with him, and he almost lost. Does he have the experience level against this to prepare him for Poirier? For, uh, Poirier? I, I mean, he's the fucking champion. I mean, if he's not... I know, I, but he's fighting the uncrowned champion, and people hate that term. Are you asking, has he fought someone who represents a threat like Poirier does? Well, I want to ask you, is that, is that difference in recent elite-level experience going to be a factor? Because the one great thing about Oliveira is he, he fights so boldly that he's not going to change his game too much, right. except for reining in his offense a bit. But do you think that the experience factor will play a factor in this fight? I think it can. I think it, certainly you can argue, I mean, after fighting McGregor twice in a year and winning both times, you could argue that Poirier is going to be much more ready for big fight scenarios. And what I mean by that is not just the pressure pre-fight that comes with it, but <clears> then, you know, you're in the third round and maybe the fight's still pretty even and you haven't really been able to get shit working Dude, Poirier's mind is a steel trap there. And maybe Oliveira's has improved. I certainly would not want to take that from him. But I do think if it gets down to, like, we're heading into round four, it's yes. pretty even. Who do I trust to be more resilient in that space? And that's what Poirier, Poirier said. I trust. And not in the interview I did with him, which you can listen to, by the way, on uh, YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. But most of the other interviews, Poirier talked about the one thing I don't know that he can do is bring out the dog in the championship rounds. Because so many of his wins have been... More of the front-running variety. I mean, where where, where did he that. stop Justin Gaethje? Round four. Yeah. Round four. Oh, and even the Eddie Alvarez stoppage, he had to dig from nowhere. I mean, even the Dan Hooker fight, he had to keep digging. Dude, God damn, dude, like, Dustin Poirier is like, battle-tested. Dude, but both of these guys are battle-tested. So but, you but, can... but at, you're right. There's a certain level of the elite side of yes. the division that Poirier is a little more battle-tested. I really want to ask you this question. Please let me do it, because I do think 
it is worth clarifying yeah. on the record for the audience. Uh, well, is this about my outfit at all? It, it's pretty clarifying. Okay. You look like shit, Sinbad. Oh, wow. Uh, here's my question, though. Tell me, in either case, what is, on their resume, what's the best win that Oliveira has? What's the best win that, uh, that so, Corey has? And I don't mean commercial. The last I mean, what tells I you that they're a good fighter? You. The last question I had for you kind of implores this, is that anyone who's, implores a, it anyone who's a huge, uh, impl I'll do the imploring here, anyone who's a huge fan of Oliveira realized, look, at Featherweight, he did fight a run of elite guys. He just lost a lot of those super big ones, correct? Mm -hmm. Lost to Holloway. I mean, the, there was, that's the reason why he had Holloway to, fight was weird, but to yeah. seek the reinvention, so to speak. So it's not that he doesn't have a cons commensurate level of elite experience. Obviously, he's not going to best what Poirier's done in terms of that experience. But it hasn't been in a while, though. It really hasn't been in this new version of him. So if you're asking me what fight best tells me Oliveira's best performance that he can use here, I, I feel like he's a different fighter than that old featherweight one. So I feel like I can only focus on this lightweight run to tell me that real answer. That's fine. I think that's and, right. And it might be the Kevin Lee one only because Kevin Lee... Was, was still implementing a game plan in that and still trying to win it and got caught and did some Kevin Lee type ways to lose a fight. Yep. But he landed the, he put out the kind of blueprint if you're going to give Oliveira trouble, right? He put that kind of blueprint out. So you got to be competent on the ground and be, and be aggressive in your top position, but you've got to time him with counter shots. That's right. I think the, I would argue that the best performance he has in terms of like letting you know he's an elite fighter, you could argue that the Ferguson win or the Chandler win are more prestigious. Um, but the Kevin Lee win is the kind where he was put into some scenarios that were troubling, made the guy from a superior position work the entire time, then finished him off the minute that guy made an, uh, uh, you know, went to the well too, one too many times, kept his composure, looked good on the feet. Like, he just looked fucking awesome in that fight. For Poirier, I would argue you can have one of two choices. I would argue that either the Gaethje win, now the reason why I put that on there is because it was so difficult to come by even with Gaethje 1.0. But because he stopped him in the fourth and took a shitload of abuse and he went never... into, he went into hell and knocked the devil out. That's exactly what he went down to Georgia and not fiddled that guy. It was pretty remarkable to watch. The other one I think you could go to is Eddie Alvarez because Alvarez was still a viable lightweight at that time, a high level elite one, and he also got that was stopped. A gutsy win, dude! It was a super fucking gutsy win. And so to me, the Conor McGregor wins do more for him. The Max Holloway win was hard fought. You know, not you know beating Pettis the way he did. And all those guys. They were, they were, that, that, those two were impressive. On the flip side, if you had to ask me what their worst losses were, I'm going to say for Poirier, I'm going to say the Michael Johnson loss is really bad. It's an aberration in the long run, though. It is, but he made such a mistake it le was. Le leading with the uppercut but like to, that. To beat the guys he did immediately after shows you it's just a tough, I mean, Michael Johnson's a tough out for one reason. For and, sure. And he landed that. You've got to look at the Habib fight, though, because that's the only other modern one for Poirier. But also, Luke, there's people that try to argue me and be like, no, but Dustin was in that fight, man. He landed two no, left was, hands and landed, had and had one attempt at a guillotine, and that's it. Look, he got the shit mentally and physically kicked out of him in that fight. Dude, even Poirier is pretty unequivocal about it. He he landed a couple of nice punches, and that's really about it. Um, and obviously, he ran. So, if there was any question, at I, that I, point, I interviewed Mike Brown after that fight. Like they were all like, "Yeah, Habib's a fucking man." Like they didn't try and tell us like we were close. That turns out the light in many a top contender over the years when they finally hit their ceiling, and yeah. they're like, "Okay, I'm not at that level." They don't come back with the fire. That's why that Dan Hooker fight was so important for Poirier. To come to immediately back and go into the fire right. and beat an elite guy who was title, who wanted to be title ready in a five round war. That's, dude, it's that. So I want to bring it back to what we said about fan base coming okay. in and why this doesn't feel like a Connor fight week or whatever. Obviously, it's because Amanda's great, but she doesn't have a, a following audience. I don't do, do Brazilian fans, they don't follow in the same 
large masses to all different fights that like Argentine boxing fans do or or Irish you know question. combat sports yeah, fans not in as general. much not as much and then the same so, thing with Poirier he has earned by all these gutsy wins that we're talking about the kind of like fan favorite status that because uh, it's a pure organic fan favorite status it's kind of like what Holly Holm has that like you rarely see here I wish that led to more for him I wish that led to a traveling army of fans who were like Poirier fans like the Arturo Gatti fans, you know what I mean? Who just I think travel Poirier's fans are probably going to be, like, I do think that this pay-per-view, like, it will be, I don't know how well it will sell, but I do think, dude, you beat Connor twice in a year, you're going to be pretty popular, it's going to sell, but to your point, like, Amir Khan is who he is at this point, but when he fought 10, 15 years ago, remember Khan's army? Oh, yeah. Because there's these dudes who would just show up with flags, and like they would just take over a room. But that's because of the, the amazing, incredible British fan who will do that 100%. to a lot of different people. 100%, but I just mean to say, Poirier might be more popular than Khan even yeah. was then, but doesn't have quite that grip on the, but he, frick, the dude, rank and a, file fan. He's an action hero. Poirier? But like a leading man action hero, meaning when we say action hero, we normally mean fun brawler who win or lose entertains us. Yeah. When you're a leading man action hero, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger level, right? Like that's who Poirier has become because yes. he is a complete well-rounded championship level fighter, but he also entertains the balls out of you because he digs deep like men do. Yes. Real talk. Also, he, this, okay? also, there's no rivalry in this fight. You know, I don't know how many people know who Charlie Olives is. And they have no beef. I mean, they're... I'll tell you who Charlie Olives is. He's that guy at your girlfriend's college who, you know, you're told not to worry about. But you're like, they could just be like cracking jokes one night in the dorms and be banging five minutes later. Yo, he's a finisher, Luke. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know... Like, Dude, I like how you talk scary, about college life and, and you never lived it. I did not live it. I shit. actually lived this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I was a visitor often, though. All right? I was like, uh, I, I was like going to jail for to, to get my shit done. You know what I mean? And just, yeah, I bet you did get your shit done <laughs> in jail. <laughs> it, was con it was a conjugal uh, setup of, of uh, visits and arrangements. Wow, how did we detour that badly? I, I don't know. You made some weird thing. All I, right, I back to Puawi Wei and Oliveira. Uh, we just filled the meter there and to, to describe how great this fight can be action-wise, X's and O's-wise. Uh, we know the difference that can happen if this fight goes into the later rounds, of course, and we're going to need Charlie Olives to oh, raise let me read to this, that uh, level. I want to read you Now it's time, time for the nerd stats from Luke. Let's go to him. Uh, hold on, i got to get my uh, Looks CBS. like I'm going to do this whole show with this laptop in my lap because it's called a laptop. Hold on. Uh, average fight time for Charles Oliveira, 6 minutes and 53 seconds. Average fight time for Poirier, just 10 minutes. This may not go, I mean, it could, obviously it could go the whole distance, we don't really know, but there's a decent chance it doesn't, by the way. Um, oh, there's a great chance this doesn't go the distance. Dude, Olives f went the distance four times in 40 fights, Luke, that's ins. Dude, whether you've won or lost those, that's insane. Dude, listen to their last five, to each of them. Last five fights for Oliveira, Chandler, Ferguson, Lee, Gordon, Lentz. Last five for Poirier, McGregor, McGregor, Hooker, Nurmagomedov, which he lost, and then Holloway. These guys are fighting nothing but killers. There's no filler in there at all. You could say, well, you know, Jared Gordon and Nick Lentz at the top of that division as well. No, but he was, they were relevant opponents who were quite difficult to beat at the time he was passed against them. And those are quality fighters and quality wins. There's but there's, there's no gimmies on any of this. Zero. Dude, Poirier in round two against Nurmagomedov was like, there's a level that you have to be at and I'm not there. And yeah. I'm going to lose right now because of that. Yet, Luke... He may have gotten to that level with this run of Hooker and McGregor and McGregor. So he's coming in as the favorite for all the reasons we laid out. 
how does he lose this? Is it getting lured into a brawl, which Oliveira's pressure does? And if, if Poirier said one thing in my interview with him that was key when I said, look, we look at you as a complete, well-rounded, battle-tested everything, pound-for-pound guy. What holes do you see in yourself? It came down mostly to him. Wrestling, he talked about against the right matchup. But he said, Luke, my coaches get mad at me because I go f- when I see an opening, I go for the finish, and sometimes too aggressively, mm. and I get into trouble because of it. We can argue that he's right. But that's the, Oliver's the wrong guy to have that happen to. That's Luke. true. So that's got to be Oliver's game plan. I need to get this guy into into some shit right now. There right. was a couple of times, I think, in the Hooker fight and some other ones where guys have they didn't really take advantage of it, but guys have hit Poirier and hurt him. Connor in the second fight. Yes, and then he goes for a takedown, which is a common scenario. You know, that's not too far from what Kevin Lee did to get guillotined by yes. by, by Charles Oliveira. So what I would say is. If Oliveira, who by the way has a two-inch reach advantage, they will have different stances here. Obviously, they'll probably switch back and forth, but there should be open stance, which means you're going to see the crosses being a big roll and potentially large-scale kicks from all the way um, one side to the other. Um, but what I would say is, yeah, dude, if you can touch Poirier a little bit and he has to resort to the takedown, now he has okay wrestling when he needs it. He does have four takedowns on uh, Hooker. I'm assuming he could get the takedown on Oliveira, but if you get the takedown on Oliveira... It doesn't necessarily do you a whole good unless you're just possessed by the devil like Paul Felder was when he hammered him through the canvas. Yo, that, that might be Felder's best. Like, Dude, that, that, I'm telling you, that win by Felder has aged super well. But like, you're super right. Well. He was not compromised or one-dimensional. He was, that's the best he could be right there in that. Like, and, he, and, he, and he, he fucking looked, looked on fire. Yeah. So, you know, we, again, we've seen Oliveira have some problems there too. But I just mean to say, if I'm Dustin Poirier and I'm his coach, I'm going to try and keep this as much as possible backing and corralling uh, Oliveira up, and I want to keep it in boxing range because yes. kicking range or anything where he can grab and then jump and clamp on something, you got to have him just the right distance, right about the end of your punch. No, 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 no more, no less. Luke, it's about time to go into predictions. But before I do, watching that many Charles it's Oliveira, eight fifty or eleven fifty. I mean, we're giving the people what they want. They want to be penetrated like this, Luke. Okay, I have another podcast in a couple of hours, so let's move this along. You're, you're really going to rush this show? I'm not rushing the show. To I'm go just hang out. With your, with your no, no, I have to do my own. Wow. I got another job back again, yes, once again. Back That's again. great. That's great. Back again. Uh, the question I was going to say, Luke, is I, we always thought a prime Tony Ferguson would have been the potential um, kryptonite for Habib. We never saw the fight, and sometimes that has changed. I think Ferguson's recent slide, we're like, well, maybe we, maybe we missed out on something. And maybe we were drinking the Tony juice. Maybe he's been giving us gifts after public workouts, and it's real weird, right? Also, Gaethje abused him. Um, I think Charlie Olives could have been the one. It would have to play against Habib. It would play, he would have to play his note perfectly, but that's a interesting so matchup it, because when Habib gets him down which is going to be so quickly and when he starts getting that mental fatigue of, of leaning on you just being relentless yo Olives is like bring that shit to me he welcomes that Luke so I brought that up to some other folks and they're they didn't seem nearly as uh, they seem to think that if Felder could hammer Oliveira through the mat that Habib would be able to as well what's your view on oh, that? oh of course it, eventually yes I'm just saying there's going to be a window there when when, when Habib fights anybody there's going to be a window early where you're like, can they take the, the best skill they have and go for it and find a way to win and find a way to stop him or whatever? Because if you go the full five, you're going to get beat by him. You know, you're going to get suffocated in the end, whether you tap or not. Um, I think Oliveira might have the most dynamic skill set to produce that moment. We thought it was Ferguson. There was a short window where some of us thought maybe McGregor could land a big one early against him. No one else uh, outside of maybe 
Gaethje being one leg kick away from puerility, you know, putting him into uh, peril, Luke, if you will. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not, no, the but feral animal that Gaethje is. Um, that's true. Oliveira may have been the one, Luke. He may have been the one. Because it, it, even when Habib's, Habib's going to be smart. There's nothing reckless about Habib on the ground. It's going to be that constant pressure. And in Habib's mind, I'll break his backbone. I'll suffocate him. But Olives could go for that sweep and do something wacky, Luke. It's possible. It's certainly possible. I, um, and then I, I don't think he'd be the guy. I don't think he'd be the guy to beat Habib, though. I think Habib would ground and pound him pretty early and find a way to do it. And then the whole thing would kind of fall apart. I agree there'd be some early exchanges that might be a little bit fun, but... Yo, Habib's awesome. Habib I mean, was fucking... Dude, the way he took down Gaethje and then choked him unconscious to, like, have mercy on him... It was that quick, dude. That was, that was some DJ on, uh, on, on uh, what's-his-name type of shit. Borg. Throwing him up in the air and yep. then catching him. And also on uh, Horiguchi, too, and, you know, one second to go in yeah. the fight. I mean, that's, that's some... That's why they're the best. That's some shit right there. Luke, prediction time. Who wins this main event and why? And I don't care about your other podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't... You know, you should not come to me on gambling or prediction advice, but for fun, for fun. I guess I like Poirier. I think that, you know, candidly, I've probably not been as high on Oliveira through the course of his run that I should have been. And that's probably, now it's definitely been a mistake. So take, take, take whatever I'm telling you with a pretty heavy grain of salt, but I am going to lean towards Poirier. I do think that he is careful enough, experienced enough. And I just think over time, I don't know how and exactly it'll play out, but the heavy-handedness and the accuracy of his punching and the pressure, I think that's going to play a pretty big role. Poirier's going to have to show the chin. He's going to have to yep. show the endurance, the ability Good to Good decision-making in bad spots. But he's got to get it into the later rounds. And when he does, Luke, then that equation flips for me where he's going to start looking at Oliveira to make the big mistake. That's right. Out of fatigue, out of taking a chance, out of whatever. And that's when Poirier comes in and finishes oh, you. We've got to see if Oliveira, who has turned his stamina around, can go five rounds against Poirier. Like you have, he hit, he's gonna Luke for for him to win it outside of something big early. He's gonna have to go into Poirier's hell to do it. And I don't think he can. Luke. That's that's the part that I'm wondering about too. I, I tend to think like if he's pushed into the later rounds, will he have the same gusto at that moment? I you know I we know we know for a fact that Poirier will have it. Like there's no question. What the fuck is an action hero? There he is. He's a bad dude. Damn. He's a super bad dude. But. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but uh, yeah, anyway. You know, you were going to say Poirier wins. Uh, the under is the bet. I'm sure you can make How money long do you think it goes? on going the over. You can make a lot of money if you believe this is going the distance because there's no history here and everyone's like, oh, no chance. Obviously, if Oliveira overachieves and it's close, I mean, there's potential. It could happen. Yeah. But uh, I go fourth round that Poirier gets this shit done. That's probably about right. It's yeah. probably about right. Poirier minus 145, Oliveira plus 125. Luke, let's get into it. Let's move the show along finally. Let's do it. Co-main event, Amanda Nunes defends her Bantamweight title for the first time. I think I'm the only one interested in this fight. Since, yeah, it's, I'm going to ask you why in a second because I already know why. Since 2019, she had a close fight with GDR in the rematch. Got it done, though. She always gets it done. She's a big favorite for rightful reason against the Venezuelan Vixen. You've been the only one, Luke. And a lot of people are going to say, look, straight up, you love you, Latin women. They're both Latin, by the way. You love yourself, and this is a Super Bowl for you. But no, seriously, <laughs> um, you're, I, don't, I don't get it, Luke. Luke, I spent five minutes telling you yeah, why she doesn't not, even deserve this fight. Yeah. And it's true. She does not deserve this fight. I get there's no one well, else. Well, she does in the sense that the, the, the champion does have a responsibility, even in situations where you think they're overmatched, to defend the title. Yeah, like the, done, the, the, what has she done to earn it? She beat Sarah McMahon. Okay, cool. Okay, who else would you have put in their home for a second time? Well, she should have, Aspen Land should have gotten herself to the spot, and she couldn't pull it off. Okay, okay? fair enough. That's fine. Or Tate, if she didn't lose. You know, there, there's, there's, yeah, but I mean, they didn't get the job done. Aldana's going to get here eventually. It's just right, the timing. It's right. timing. I, I understand. There's a lot of factors that go into to make it happen. Listen, there is 
to my knowledge, I can't find anything on the tape to tell you that that's going to happen. But there's been upsets that have happened where I was like, I didn't see coming and I didn't prepare for it. I just sort of assumed that we have a, we have a little bit of a lazy tendency. In yeah, MMA. but she doesn't have the game to do that, Luke. Dude, let me finish. There's a little bit of a lazy tendency in MMA to just assume that greatness has inertia not worth thinking about. You blame the schmo for that? Are you speaking English? Because I can't tell. Your pigeon English from Connecticut. Why don't you go shuck some corn yeah. in the middle of nowhere? All right, Luke. Why, why, don't, you, why, you don't, why don't you go take a cross? There's dusting. times I try to take this show to the next level. Why don't level, you go take a cross? And then dusting. you just shop me. You why, just why, shut why, the why, shit down. You, you, know? you, you, no, you assume that all of your bad jokes elevate the show. I have news for you. Only some of them do. Anyway, what I'm trying to make here is, dude, can I find something on tape to be like, dude, that look, that's what she's going to do to Amanda Nunes? No, I don't have that for you. I, I can't manufacture that. But I just want to point out, there's a little bit of laziness that we ascribe to greatness in MMA in terms of the inertia just always taking care of itself that you, I think we should check a little bit. Uh, I, I wonder how motivated Amanda is for this because she doesn't take... Did you watch the press conference? I did not watch the press okay. conference. You need, I know you think that there's nothing there, but there is some things you can pull from that. And you think okay, you need to start me. watching it, okay? Amanda was overly confident and talking shit back at Pena's somewhat lame attempts. I mean, look, Pena's platform to stand on is that at UFC 200, Amanda, when Pena asked, would you fight me? Because Amanda just beat Misha Tate at UFC yeah. 200 for the title, that Amanda said yes. But Amanda's defense is, yo, you never won a big fight after that. You know what I mean? You got stopped by Shevchenko, you got stopped by GDR, you barely beat Sarah McMahon, who I destroyed a long time ago. Well, she, fin so, she finished Sarah McMahon. Not only did Amanda shut that argument down, but then she's like, look, guys, I'm not going anywhere. I'm 33, but... I love bringing my daughter into this and giving her these moments. Like, I am not going anywhere anytime soon. That's, that's what I took from it. Fine. By the way that she laid it out, that she's still crazy motor. Luke, she's going to splatter. She, dude, Danyon's if head. she goes in there and, and viciously knocks her out in 30 seconds, could anybody be surprised? All I want folks to consider is not that I am advocating for a Pena case. Rather, I am cautioning against too confidence in established greatness. We, get, we put too much confidence in established greatness and assume it's just going to run its course for as long as the people who are in charge. Dude, eventually Adesanya is going to lose. Eventually Peter Jan is going, they are going to lose. If they stick around long enough, you are going to lose. Is this time the time against Pena? Probably not. But you really should not be surprised if Pena goes in there against a semi-prepared, semi-into-it Amanda Nunes and overachieves. That is entirely plausible if I grant unlikely. If Latin women were covid you would you, be Dr. You've been, Fauci. You've you been, would really, I mean, you would be the Dr. Fauci. I would not be trying to find vaccines <laughs> against them. I'd be trying to find, I'd be trying to catch the disease. Yeah, yeah, uh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so Nunes Luke is going to, um, you know what I actually think she's going to do? And she teased this in some of her interviews this week. She is going to, remember Pena? when? This is Nunes, the yes. champion. Remember when she fought Holly Holm and Holly had just head kicked Betch mm -hmm. for in the first round for the mm -hmm. win? Amanda made a point. To basically say, and I love when champions get to this level, where they start saying, Tyron Woodley did that for a stretch, where you'd use the other, you'd go into the, the den of your opponent's best skill and beat them at that. Yes. We've seen John Jones F around sometimes like that. Yep. Um, she says, you know, she wants to go to the ground, and, and oh, Pena thinks she's better than me on the ground. I think Amanda's going to make a point, go full on ground and pound, and get her the hell out of there. Entirely possible. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm not picking uh, Pena. I just, they're like, oh, She's got no second chance. Second round. Second round. Liz. Second round. Yeah. Yeah, dude. She might not make it out of the first. It's I, minus one thousand for Pena. On Pena, for you would agree with this. You look at the records. You look at the tape. It's just very hard to find a scenario where Pena might win. Maybe on the ground, but even then, it doesn't seem all that likely. However, uh, if and these are ifs, if Amanda was half trained, I'm using them sort of loosely, and if she was half motivated, 
How much likelier does it become for Pena in that scenario? Strongly, stronglier from the already weakly, like <laughs> likely, like there's not. Luke, you think you basically think Amanda Nunes has to have one arm tied behind her back to lose here. She has to have to be weight drained in a way that we don't know. She has to get hurt with something wacky early. Like uh, Luke, there's got to be something. Mon- Pena doesn't have that type of striking dynamic. She doesn't know, and she's not lights out in her skill on the ground against somebody like Amanda. This isn't Damian Maya, right? You no. know what I'm saying? And the other part like, is, with, with, the only thing in Pena's defense, but also against her, is that she's been wildly inconsistent in how often she fights. Luke, you know there's people at home going, then why the hell are you trying to talk us into her? I'm not talking you into her. I'm talking you out of just assuming that greatness is, will always be great and there's never any change in that. Dude, it happens when you fucking least expect it. It's, it happens... All the time in MMA. Dude, what do you wh- think about MK shirts, Latin Fauci with your face on? I don't think that makes any sense. That'd be it's a badass, stupid, right? incoherent joke. <sighs> Once again, one of your terrible jokes that there'll probably be like five dudes who think it's funny, but you're all brain damaged. That's why it doesn't count. The point I'm trying to make here is like take the sauce off the meat, yeah. eat, pl- Dude, eat bland. You assume that your jokes are like inherently good, they're 50 50 at best. <laughs> They're 50-50 at Yo, best. I'm like John Stark, so I'll keep shooting, Luke. Okay? Uh, that's fine. I'm, no. not, I'm not talking about shooting it. Anyway, just to close the show, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm picking Nunez. I'm not giving you the case for Pena. I'm telling you that I've seen a lot of very established figures. All of a sudden, shit turns on them in a dime, and you find out, well, maybe they weren't training quite like they should have been, and they had all this greatness, and they just didn't quite have it in the same way. Dude, I'm telling you, when Fedor got submitted by Verdum, Go and show me people who were picking Verdum before that fight. This Nobody. This ain't Verdum, Luke. This, all right? You remember when Floyd... Dude, Verdum was not a hot prospect. That He became bigger off of those wins later on. Remember when Floyd got in Robert Guerrero's face during that Showtime like commercial shoot? And he was like, this ain't Birdo. This ain't Birdo. Yeah. And then Floyd went on to fight yes. Birdo on pay-per-view. Yes, he went to <laughs> but the same Berto, Luke, okay? The same Berto, I'm sorry. Uh, listen, I'm picking Nunes, you're picking Nunes. The world is picking Nunes. Just be a little bit cautious against your lazy assumption. <laughs> this is like a, like you could take that same spirit, maybe the same script, and go run for like local rep, state representative. No, like you, you, had could, that no you couldn't. It's, fervor of like. No, you, know. you couldn't, because we're not talking about the same kind of, Dude, MMA fighting is extremely chaotic, and crazy shit happens all the time. Having a healthy respect for that seems pretty reasonable to me. I think Latin Fauci could be a, a subhead on our MK uh, merch page. It doesn't make any sense, dude. I'm not against Latin. Right. I am for them. Luke, the rest of UFC 269 offers us a shit ton to talk about, if you're willing. I am I willing. We've got to talk about Dom Cruz now. I know you got another job, so if you're willing, Luke, okay? Yes, I know I know that you believe that my quickly, life rises and sets in you. Quickly, in that well-matched, and the odds are very close, almost to pick them, Santiago Ponzinibbio at welterweight against yep. Jeff Neal. You didn't watch the press conference on Thursday, but Jeff Neal came in and basically like a badass. I saw, wrenched, I did, I did, I saw that. I saw the nice video. haircut. No one asked him, of course, because this is where we're at. No, 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 no. They asked him when he did the media uh, day. the media day. Okay, I missed that. I, take I can that tell you, back. I did see it. Did watch that. I saw that his agent said, "Look, this this arrest is kind of a misunderstanding. You guys will see." I know that's always the defense. Do you think Jeff Neal is going to be able to put that behind him and win this fight, considering he's on a two fight win streak and has not been good in Jeff Neal? So, if, if I remember correctly, the way he explained it when he was asked by the media what happened. He said he did get pulled over and he was charged with this, but he didn't do a breathalyzer. He did a blood test, and they are waiting on, I guess, the toxicology report to determine whether or not um, he actually had enough alcohol in his system to have broken the law. He seems to think that it was a stupid and unfortunate situation. He did say, I'm the one who's responsible for it. I have to fix it. It's on me. But kind of indicated it sounded more serious than perhaps it actually was. I guess we will see. I don't know. 
certainly it's a red flag during a yes. fight camp. And Ponzinibbio, I think, newly refreshed after those two years off. Eight of nine, Luke. Eight of nine. Well, he, had, he, had a rough, he had a rough comeback, but I think he righted the ship in his last fight. Um, so what I would say is not great. Jeff Neal had a problem even finding Wonderboy in that fight. Like Wonderboy was kind of all over the place. Yeah. He's heavy-handed, dude. Jeff Neal is a, is can, can thump. He's got really good power. I give him respect for that. But you just you you got to really wonder like, dude, that was a tough fight no matter what. And now you're getting arrested in the middle of yeah, fight camp. Yeah, he's Texas like, tough, but he's got to put this all aside and be the Jeff Neal of old, but he has not been in three fights. Um, Ponzinibbio, look, you didn't watch it, but he's like, look, he's trying to become a Latin action hero. He went for it at the press conference in terms of his, uh, outfit and the hair and the glasses, Luke. Like, he's trying to, he's trying to build a character here. Like, you down with that? Are you, you stereotyping Latins? No, like, it's almost, I almost want to call him Fonzie, but Ponzi is coming out looking like he's trying to, to like, have this edge. And I'm like, go for it. Okay, I see you, player. He, uh, all right. I think he does, by the way, I think he does commentating for the UFC in Spanish. Yeah. Or at least he has, and he speaks Portuguese too. He's from Argentina, Luke. Yes, he is. Ponzinibbio. Yeah. That's that's a that's not. You're not going to find names like that in Chile. Let me. Let me All show right, you. Luke. Um, I know you want to talk about Dom Cruz, so let's talk it. Bantamweight. He's back against Pedro Munoz. Munoz is 35 and has lost three or four. But Luke, they come against elite competition. And he's in all. He's in every single one of those fights. Okay. I think the questions are rightfully on Dom Cruz coming in here. Uh, yeah, he won that fight against Casey Kenny, but he used. A lot of veteran tricks to make that happen, and credit to him. But Luke, his style is not meant to age well. No. It's so reliant upon speed and reflexes. You can outthink to a certain level, but when you don't have an outpunch, or, or outpunch is another way to say finishing power on your feet or a proven submission game that, that's a threat, mm -hmm. how are you going to offset? It's like why Allen Iverson at 34 was like, ready to leave the NBA. You can't keep that up when the speed or the reaction time goes. Did you see enough in the Casey Kenny fight to say, BC, stop talking about that shit? No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And the other part is, while it is true, right, I think you would agree, relative to other opponents, Pedro Munoz is a little stationary. I think he's a little bit stationary. So that favors Dominic Cruz to some extent, at least it gives him a bit of a boost in his chances. At the same time, I do think he is a much better counter-striker. Finisher. He's a finisher. Right? He's got, he's got heavy hands. He's got a good chin. And, BC, people sleep on this. Pedro Munoz has one of the best guillotines in the UFC in terms of how he can find it and set it up and snatch it. He is very, very good at that. Who has the best? The best? Maybe Oliveira. Maybe Oliveira. He's got a fucking wicked vegan Yo, guillotine. Uh, Pitbull has a... Has a, has a There's a lot of good people with guillotine. Dude, uh, Dustin Poirier's got... Well, he... He kind of misses it a lot. AJ McKee. He kind of misses it. AJ McKee's got a good one. You know, Cody, so, Cody McKenzie, Luke. Cody McKenzie had the McKenzie team. You get what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, Munoz has some things working against him. He's got a lot working in his favor. So you yeah. just have to imagine. Also, I do feel like maybe you didn't, you didn't bring this up, but like it's worth talking about. Not that Cody Garbrandt didn't lay a bit of a blueprint on how to beat him, but Cody Garbrandt's game was very predicated on um, hand speed and reactive boxing. It's going to be hard to pull off. I think Henry Cejudo might have set the game plan a little bit on how to corral him using. But did he take that from Dillashaw's game plan in Boston when he should have won by by a close decision over Dominic Cruz? Could be, could be. You got to go to the legs. You got to You have to corner him. You have to go to the legs, dude. T just think about but it. Yes, yeah, Cejudo's better than this version of Munoz. Cejudo just think about showed, it. He implemented it better, Luke. Just think about it, dude. If Dominic Cruz has space to move, space to blitz, space to exit, it's probably going to be hard to beat. But if you take away that space and now he has to trade with you, like Horiguchi against Pettis. Yeah. It's going to be a totally different calculation. Um, do you think it was like a, like almost like a mercy stoppage against Cejudo? 
For Cruz? Yeah. You mean the Keith Peterson one? Yeah. I thought it was a fair stoppage, dude. I didn't think it was a bad stoppage. I thought it was like a mercy stoppage, like you're on your way to getting effed up. So my problem with his style and him being so daring, and look, I mean, obviously credit to him for coming back from injuries and being this mentally, he's insanely mentally tough. In fact, you love love the the absurdity of his character, meaning he's almost like a pro wrestler who, like, think like, uh, like a pro wrestler who's, a yeah, villain, totally. a villain by trying totally, to be so good, yes. like a Bob Backlund when he came back to the WWF in the '90s. You know what I mean? He's like a villain because he's trying to be so straight line and straight. You know? And, I don't know. I don't. I don't watch that. All right, all right. It was great talking to you. Oh, you want to talk about him um, airing out in DC? I was saying that that's what I'm basically referring to. That yeah. Dom Cruz can be, you know, like I love when DC's like you're a little bland. You know what I mean? A little dry. A little dry, like a little dry. A little dry. And he was like, I don't think I'm dry. I'm like, dude, Cruz is my favorite commentator. He's great. He's, he's great. He's dry. It's uh, totally fair. So this just started up, by the way, a lot of debates. I had it with the CBS Sports guys, the editors, uh, of, you know, he's right what he said about DC, but I want entertainment in my broadcast. <coughs> I love everything that DC brings to the table right now and the role that he plays. It doesn't mean that, that Dom's wrong, but I'm like, that's what you're... You you want that you're you're watching that and DC's in that spot because he can react and provide the, the fun. Yeah. I mean so like I would rather have him there than Dom Cruz in the big fights league. See, I'd rather have Dom Cruz, but that's just preference. I can't argue that um that you have to listen to that or that's a better Does that thing. just mean you prefer sauce at the end of the day? You prefer no, I'm not, frivolous, I, unserious I, things. I, I but, don't. Okay. But I can't say that that's better, it's just what I prefer. It's just the, Some you people know. like loud colors, Luke, you know? Yeah, stupid. people. I have people. an orange car. Stupid people. Um, but do, did you? Did, what did you make of him airing him out like that? That's so on brand. The, the act of it, dude. That is so on it's brand. Super on brand. Now the reason why he did it, and really though, it's not because he's looking out for DC. It's that he was hurt about the way DC has called his fights. Of Meaning, Dom Cruz has that Michael Jordan-like sociopath tendency to take something and use it as fuel. And yep. it's look. The, the proof is in the pudding. What Dom Cruz has been able to do through these injuries, seriously, to maintain an elite level at each stop on the journey in his comeback is insane. But um, he's he's cray cray. He's a little cray cray. I mean, he's a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm like that on the ba- on the rec basketball court with the old guys. But <laughs> but like this is an elite level of that, Luke. He's cr- he's just, he's crunchy, Luke. Uh, here's the thing I didn't get when the, he did the sit down with DC. He did a couple like. He did a couple things I didn't quite get. One was he was like, oh, the media did you dirty. Now, I don't know about the totality of like how, like you put that clip out into the world. Is it certainly true and then more than possible? Like, Did it happen that like certain media outlets only aired the negative parts? I am certain that that is true. But like all the major media outlets did not do that. Like Junkie didn't do that. Fighting didn't do that. Uh, they have a big audience over there at the Mac Live. They didn't do it. Like, so like, like the media did you dirty. Not, not the credentialed media. That's not true at all. And the second part he said was, he's like, okay, we'll give your criticisms of me now. Like, it doesn't really bother me. And it's like, dude, are you going to pretend that you don't know that that's out of line to do that? Like, if you say that, you got to just stand dude, by. I'm not saying he handled it in the, in the help. I just feel like, I feel like, I feel like if you're going to do that thing and you want to say it because it's on brand. Yes. Then say it. But after the fact, you have to be like, yo, suck my motherfucking dick. So, I ain't taking that back. Eat shit. Instead, he was like, oh, the media did you dirty. And now no, you but can then say he, it about but he me. also stood up for it, though, and was like, I would say all this to your face, and I did. Now, DC is right, though. You don't do that. But that's what lets you know what, the, what, what fueled it. It's that Cruz, the competitor, is pissed that they didn't recognize something he did in a fight when they called it or whatever. You know? right. like, so that's what that is about. But he is right. You shouldn't. Exactly, you shouldn't do that. Dude, like fighters, fighters take anything you say against them, even if it's right or reasonable or even wrong, but like harmless. They take it all 
more personally than you can ever imagine. They're, and, I, and I say this, you know, it's just the truth. They're the most sensitive people I've ever encountered. And it just makes the job of calling fights difficult. If Cruz is right, that it's made more difficult by the fact you're not doing your homework, that's a separate issue. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, if you want to talk about fighters, even in a fair and critical role, they're going to get mad at you. It's well, the great the ones have this, though, Luke. Kobe. Um, Rest he, in peace, R.I.P. Campbell. I mean, the, the great ones have, <laughs> have this, uh, this ability, Luke. You Did know? you make it to your high school uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame? Uh, no, no. By the way, someone added me to the... I think you, We put this on the show. Someone added me to the Marietta High School like famous alumni. That's awesome. My friends found it independent of the show, and they wrote me, and this is exactly what they wrote me. They go, who is least qualified to be on this list? You or the guy from 2003 who played in the, uh, the uh, NFL for three weeks before being cut, I'm like probably I'm less qualified than him. Yeah, so. that's I, I don't joke on that though. That's pretty big. You got like that's a big moment. Luke. Someone, some MK fan probably added me to the list. Probably. Um, who wins this, Luke? I feel like Dominic Cruz is going to get a bad knockout loss if he keeps this up. And I know that that's idi- people are going to say it's idiotic because he just beat Casey Kenny, but it was a different type of matchup. He's a fighter. He's a competitor. He's going to do it no matter what, Luke. Is this going to be the fight where he gets caught with something big and Dominic Cruz does? I think it's a winnable fight for Cruz. I do think it's winnable. And so if he can show, to your point, different but some kind of craftiness late to, yeah. to, to keep Munoz confused and to or give him himself... if he wrestles. What if he just straight up wrestles, he could, Luke? I th- Again, dude, Munoz, got to be careful with that. He's got a vicious guillotine. It comes out of nowhere. He's got a lot of different setups for it. Dude, he'll do it from taking the back. He'll threaten to take the back and get you to think about that, and then he'll sit to the guillotine. Anyway... Um, I like Munoz to win, probably by stoppage, but I, I, you know, a guy as smart and as experienced as Cruz couldn't quite count out, not counting him out. Minus 120 for Munoz, plus one something for Cruz, so it's close. That's close. Um, I got Munoz in this one, but I'd like Dom Cruz to prove me wrong. I'd like him. Imagine if we said something that, that held a grudge and led him to victory, and afterwards he's like, yo, MK, suck a dick. I'd be like, yeah, man. We were responsible for that, Luke. You yeah, we, we, we pushed him to greatness. Really, it's all you know, about I felt us. I went to a concert once at Toad's Place in New Haven, but it was like not during college. Was Diet Fetus playing? Oh, I wait, went, no, you I, bitched out on that. I saw The Head and the Heart, great band, but back uh, when, the, when Josiah was still in it, and uh, it was like a Monday night, and everyone's like, yo, it's probably be a lame concert because there's no colleges present there. You know, Monday night show, there's no yeah, oomph. Yeah. And I said on the drive down, I'm like, we're going to have to will this band. That's our responsibility in the crowd. We're going to have to will this band to a higher level of performance. And the, you know, a couple hundred people there in Toad's Place that, that were there that night, Luke, we brought it out of them. And huh. they jammed the shit out of that. And afterwards, I was like, yo, that's, we did that. We did that. So are you going to will Cannibal Corpse to a greater stage show when you come with me in February to the Baltimore Soundstage? I don't, I don't know. This is not a good idea, Luke. I, I don't want now, that on me. I'm going, I mean? to, I'm going to quit the show if you don't go. I'm going to put that on the record. If oh, you that don't the, go... That would be the third time you've threatened to quit the yes, show. Yes, I'll make it the fourth okay. and the fifth if I have to. I will quit the show if you don't go. You bitched out about dying to this. You, you, really? you completely bitched out. In your own hometown, or near it anyway. Harford is not my hometown, all right? I mean, I mean they're, Connecticut is just one giant Chernobyl wasteland. <laughs> oh, Wow. You know, how different are they? It's like wow. your side of the radiation versus that side. I love that you act like I live out in, like, the woods somewhere. You know? Dude, if you have to take a connecting flight to get your trip started, you live in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what to Dude, tell you. Dude, I live between two major metropolises. Yeah, New and York you're not close Boston. to either of them. That's right. You're dead in the middle of nowhere. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luke, let's keep this going. Um, it's Sean O'Malley time, okay? Even he, though looks the, con- he looks confident this Even week. though the press conference yesterday spent more time with hyping Cody a Cody Garbrandt one-time matchup down the road, which, by the way, hell yeah, right? 
That might be the perfect fight. Well, let's see if Garbrandt gets past Pacquiao. That might be the perfect fight for O'Malley to get what he can't get in this fight, Luke, which is he might get a highlight reel win for all we know, or maybe we're all underplaying what Holly Peva brings to the table. We're going to find out. I can't wait. But that type of win is what O'Malley needs. What are we doing here? There's three fights in a row where it's just like showcase okay. I mean, I mean, Thomas Almeida was a, used to be a bigger name, and he just happened to destroy him. But I, I don't really have a problem with what Sean O'Malley is doing, but here's what I will say. It reminds me a little bit, not the same, but it reminds me a little bit of what we got right around the time of McGregor fighting Dennis Seaver, where the, people were like, oh, he should be fighting someone more you know, tougher John than... John Jones against Matyushenko is on that level. That was still a little bit like, let's fact-find about how good he is. They're, they still weren't quite too sure. So let's get the old-ass janitor. Matyushenko was a highly respected yeah, know, four-time international class history, wrestler, dude. He's not. But a, at that point, he was like a forty-three-year-old janitor. Let's be fair. He was closer. I mean, he wasn't as good as Glover Teixeira, but he wasn't some fucking scrub. That's that's not true. Um, although I have a story about what Jones did before that fight that you're not going to believe. That is just okay. Anyway, point being we is, we got to get you two together. That's money. I don't have any desire to even money. see him ever again. Zero, none. Um, getting back to the point. <laughs> What I'm saying to you is, everyone's like, what about when Sean O'Malley fights X or Y or Z? And these are all reasonable questions. Dude, eventually if this dude keeps winning, he is going to get to a point where that is an inevitable threshold he has to cross. Yes. He Maybe he should have been there sooner, maybe he should be there now, maybe this fight isn't the right one to make. But dude, look at all these other elite fighters who are now constantly talking about him and looking for fights with him. He is going to, by hook or by crook, eventually get into that range. And when he does, he will be fighting all of these guys. Well, they want, period. everybody wants money and wants to fight someone who's rising and all that. But they smell a weakness in him from the Marlon Vera fight. That may or may not be there or maybe overplayed or maybe he grew from that. We don't really know. He still hasn't fixed whatever problem his reputation took from the Marlon Vera fight. Right? Correct? There's still a little bit of damage that's been done, there's, yes. There's questions that still need to be answered, and these names, especially some that are going sometimes in the wrong direction, like a Cody, they smell that. They're like, oh, I can expose that. Yes. And that's great, because we want to see those. And fights. he's got a ton of hype, and to the extent that elite opponents are concerned, he is unproven. Do you feel he tries totally. too hard, though, to manipulate the potential of the highlight reel stoppage, and that could end up costing him? Cody? No. Sean. Sean. Um, I mean, he wants so bad. He has the, the, the post dance, right? Like, he's... It's a... It's a Paiva, Paiva is a tough matchup in that he is aggressive. Um, he talked got, some shit yesterday. Yeah, he's got wild offense. But he's also a bad matchup in the sense that, dude, like, usually a guy like O'Malley would feast on a guy like Paiva, at least yeah. over time, because a guy like Paiva is just going to be a little bit wild and aggressive to the point where he's going to leave our openings for a sniper that Sean O'Malley is. So we're going to find out more about Sean O'Malley, but I tend to think that, like, Sean O'Malley's counterpunching and his ability to find those little narrow windows. Dude, that's what the next generation of fighters I'm noticing Absolutely. are getting much better at. They're finding, like, they want you to extend on a punch so they can come over the top or whatever they're going to do. They've just, they, they're, they're able to find those open windows much more nimbly and even through, through like, uh, you know, striking traffic. And he's Sean next O'Malley's level, good at that. He's next level on his brand in, in like, presentation. And I say that because we don't think he's cool at all because we're old. We're old. And that's we don't the first, like, but you could tell. Because he created that reaction in us, that it's actually working, Luke. Yeah, I mean, he's that like, he really is sort of a next level. He, he's, a, you know, he's got a little bit of the island boy thing going on. Yeah. Except he can fight his ass off, and, and, he, and he's by the way, he's really nice and, and a good kid. I actually like him a lot. But, but like the gamer world, Luke. Okay, he's in them. I've never done. I've never been on one of his Twitch streams. Have you? 
I, no, I don't do that. You think that he shit. talks like magic on there? You, I'm so deep into Fortnite and the new the new season that just came out. I'm nerd levels deep into this, dude. I've never played Fortnite. I'm playing it so much, staying up late in the basement alone. Do you, you do all, all the stupid dances? No, and I'm shit? not into that shit. But okay. uh, I didn't I didn't think I'd end up here, Luke, and I'm here. Okay, this is like yo, BC, yo, he used to have around with those. Oh, now he's okay. He's he's now living on the sidewalk. That's the equivalent. Okay. Yeah. Will you join? Will you play? I'd, if someone. Give me a little bit of like the ropes on how to play Fortnite. I play give Fortnite. Give you fuel, give you fire. Give me that which I desire. Yeah. Uh, Luke, who wins that fight? Because, well, Mally is going to be the pick for both of us, but do you like plus 250? If you're going to th- drop a little bit of cash, th- there's still some things we don't know. I don't like Piva's upside to win this one, candidly. I'd, okay. Again, my picks are stupid, so whatever. They're not but stupid. We want direct answers. All I right. do like O'Malley's chances here, yes. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, God, you're so lame. You're so freaking lame, Luke. No, dude, you guys want stupid things that you can't back up whatsoever with knowledge you Yo, don't have. Yo, hold on. I got to hear, I gotta hear uh, Corey. What, What's Corey? What, bro? He's saying, suck my fucking dick. Hey, suck my fucking Oh, shit. So this is per Corey Manich. He says Gaff, our producer, Gaff Pierre, has been placing bets based on your picks. You shouldn't do that. And it's been working very well. That's I, He's lucky that he did that. And Or maybe, uh, I don't know if Gaff is making the bets, but he's been using your analysis for somebody to make the bets. And um, I appreciate that, but I'm cautioning you, that worm's going to turn. And you're going to get some bad advice, so don't do that. All right. Uh, we went into the storylines deep on KK France and Cody Garbrandt and the former champ moving down to flyweight and all that. He presented himself very well for whatever that means at the press conference mm-hmm. and saying, guys, like, you know, I'm going to make this weight. I'm fine. I mean, he looked great. In he did, the, he, he, the shit talking with O'Malley didn't go his way. No, but I'll say this. As much as I just praised Ponzi for kind of going after it with a look, Cody's going after it with the full neck tats and the, the fitted suit. Like, he's, he's uh, going after you won't, you won't get this reference, but he's kind of like MMA Sergio Ramos. Do you know who Sergio Ramos is? Uh, S- Spanish soccer player? Yeah. Hey, pretty hey. good. He's one of the most famous ones alive. And uh, he does the whole thing where he's, like, covered head to toe in tats. But then he does the David Beckham thing where he gets some, like, super nice suits and everything is tailored. And he doesn't wear, like, you know, crappy clothes. Everything is very gentleman-like. Yo, I forgot that you're also the Latin Fauci of uh, of soccer soccer players. Trendy soccer players. So you, you keep... Trendy? He doesn't play for my team anymore. No, but, like, you know the cool factor in soccer. Uh, I pay attention to Spanish soccer. I don't really pay attention to the rest of it that much. So if that's a thing you Anyway, wanna... Cody looked pretty cool, cool and he answered all the questions. But what's got to be answered is if he can be that same guy. So, Luke, if he's right and he is that same guy, is this a very bad matchup for KK France? And could Cody be a legitimate title contender? If, if Cody can retain the gifts that brought to life his game in that portion of that year where he went from unranked to champion, if you can bring some of that back... Um, yeah, I think he could beat Kai Car France, but do you know? I I don't know what the odds are. If you, can you know, I do. I don't know um, what book this is from, but I've got it listed at plus one fifteen for France, minus one thirty five. I might Cody. take a flyer on France on that one. I certainly wouldn't. I'm picking him, and I do think that you know he's he's got a better fight IQ than Cody and his ability to game plan and he's all a that natural flyway fast as shit. Although, look, let's be fair. Garbrandt had incredible fight IQ against Dom Cruz. Like he, he yeah, but he, he had was, a good trainer at the time too. And um, I just sometimes he's guys, not the guy anymore though. No. He has, you know, he might not be that guy. But can he be that guy in this fight? I like Francis to be the biggest win of his career. But Luke, if this becomes a crazy firefight, or if Garbrandt has no issues at this weight class. It's going to be, this could suddenly, it could, it could turn quickly into an uphill battle for France. True. Absolutely true. There's just so many unknowns with Cody at this point. It's really hard to say what's what. I do think when he was with Justin Buckles, I thought that that was a very strong partnership. Yeah. Not that he's got bad coaches now. He's got good coaches. But, 
Um, did Bo, where did Buck Holtz go after he left ATT? Or not, uh, I or think not, he's doing his own thing. Well, he, well, no, not ATT. He was with um, Faber. Uh, Alpha um, Male. Yeah. Alpha Male. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was. He he had a good run there. He had a great run. Remember he's on a, 2016, he was like the guy for a while. Yeah, I still think he's a great coach. Uh, I don't think that's changed per se, but um, Cody has an uphill battle here. here. The one thing I will say is. Um, you know, a guy like Paiva doesn't have that dedicated... He, he's going to be in your face, but, you know, Rob Font is surgical with it in a way that Paiva just is not. So, um, I don't know what I'm saying. I'll leave it alone. I'll just put it there. Let's go to this amazing prelim main event, which is Dan Ige, which is the return of Josh Emmett. It's featherweight fisticuffs. Luke, Man. can Ige keep his back off the canvas? That's going to be a big part of it. Luke. Yeah, it's going to be a huge part of it. Um, yes, I think he can. I don't think Josh Emmett's going to wrestle that much, candidly. I think Josh Emmett uses a lot of lateral movement, a ton of footwork, a ton of fakes, a ton of feints. If he, is he a featherweight Shane Carwin? He's better than that. He's better than but that. But you could see the resemblance. Game and look combined together. They don't look anything similar, except they're both white. Uh, Maybe that was it. Maybe that was muscular. I I guess. Maybe that's all I saw. I mean, Shane Carwin had like facial hair and shit. No, I know. I know. know Anyway, um, dude, Josh Emmett is like again. He might be the best guy in this division. No one's paying attention to because for all the reasons we've already already articulated, he's going to use a lot of footwork, a lot of movement, a lot of in and out, a lot of uh, shit like that. And I think you know he's Ige has a tough task ahead of him. I really mean that. I like Emmett. I like him big here. Will he add to the tattoo game? Probably. And I say big, I know how good this fight is. I know how close it could be. Mm-hmm. I just think he's going to overwhelm Ige. With, if, he's on, if he's on point, where he's going to overwhelm Dan, uh, Dan, By the way, Dan, a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Dan's going to have to get creative with his offense. I think it's a winnable fight for Dan, but I think he's up against it. Tai Tuivasa at minus 110, plus 110 Augusto Sakai. We know how this could go wrong for Tuivasa if he, like, gasses out or gets taken down. I mean, the, there's ways. That's why the odds are this close. There's ways Sakai can win this, no question about yep. it. But is Tai Tuivasa rising and getting better each fight to the level that he wins this doing doing tie to Ivasa things, Luke, throwing the bombs and drinking the shoes. I do think so, but Sakai can be a little bit careful to the point of being boring. But Yeah, he's vanilla ice cream. But yeah. that makes him a little bit hard to beat when you're somebody who's a bit of a, 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 a wild... God, that's how Andre Arlovsky's winning, right? By, by being that. That's how he's doing it. Yes, he's be- well. Also, he's got a really careful. I mean, he's got a whole tactical setup but and everything. That's how you do it, though. You reduce the outlying factors for craziness, that's it. and you. Uh, that's it, and you have a straightforward kind of game. That's uh, there's not a lot of offense. You are the Andre Olavsky of MMA personalities. I don't think you understand my career very well, but um, <laughs> you know you do talk a lot, so that's a thing. Anyway, uh, tied to Ivasa, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. Do you remember when we were here in, in what was it the last time he fought? And he Greg was, Hardy. Uh, he was talking about how like he did, his coaching situation was a mess. You know, I do wonder if that's... I don't know if that's been resolved or not, but if it's still a problem, Sakai could be an upset factor or, you know... Absolutely. He's, that's why the odds are that close. Tai Tuivasa is not a complete fighter. The question is, can he harness what makes it, him good and stay dangerous long enough yes. to get into big fights? He's a bigger right? hammer, but I don't... Sakai can be one of these, one of these, you know, heavyweights who is he'll slow it down and make it boring if he has to. Yeah, and he may be the nail. We'll find out as well, Luke. I like that fight. Uh, do you care about Jordan Wright versus Bruno Silva at all? Because Jordan Wright's a gr- the Mormon guy. He's a great fight. I think that's him, right? Or maybe I'm getting the guy wrong. I'm not sure. I have to double check. Let me double check that because I don't want to fuck that now up. Now we're identifying people by their religious. Uh, well, how many Mormons can you name in the UFC? 
Were you ever friends with a Mormon guy? I went to high school with a Mormon guy. He was the nicest dude on earth. You, not, and now you'll disparage him or you'll stop No, no, no. That's it. Like, he was he was a good dude. Um, but, you know, he couldn't hang out on Sundays and shit. So. Is Keith Van Horn a Mormon or is he just from Utah? Is that, sim is that simultaneous? Uh, if you're a white guy from Utah, then you're a Mormon? Ooh. Are all white guys from Utah Mormons? I don't know the answer to like that. Like, maybe not John Stockton, right? I mean, he was a transplant. Yeah, I don't think, you know, Carl Malone wasn't white. I don't think he was a Mormon either. No. No, my man was, he was definitely not a Mormon. I mean, he was... He was having some fun in his Yo, life. He loves 18-wheelers, Kamala. He loves No, I was wrong. Jordan Wright's the other guy from Contender yeah, Series. I wonder if the name was familiar. Um, he's a tall guy. He had that really one terrible showing. Hold on, let me pull up his record. You know this is a wet dream Joaquin for... Joaquin Buckley. Our, terrible. our MMA fans, for you to break down this card in this detail. Yeah. And I'm, the, the, I'm allowing it. I want this, Luke. So he had a really, really rough run against Joaquin Buckley, um, and he got viciously KO'd. He looked terrible in that fight. But he looked much better against uh, Jamie Pickett. The one thing is, he's tall for the weight class, and sometimes he fights a little too tall. Yes. So I would like to see him uh, be a little bit more careful with how he manages range in this one and how he like uses footwork. But in terms of when he is dealing, he is he is quite 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 the handful. Uh, Luke, we love um, flyweights, and Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell will not get talked about a lot heading into this card, but it could be interesting. Matt Schnell, one of the most improved fighters on the entire UFC roster. He was in, a, of course, everyone knows the story. Back when MTV had a show called Caged, which feels like, you know, a lifetime ago, he was one of the stars of the show, if not the star. And, you know, I think a lot of folks had a view of him getting to the UFC, being like, yeah, he's good, he's whatever, kind of a noteworthy thing that he made it to the UFC. No, he actually turned out to be a really, really quite talented guy. Spent a lot of time with ATT, moved back to Texas. I've had a few, I've had a few discussions with him. You know, when he's tried to go up to that truly elite level, it didn't quite work out for him. But I don't think he's done by any stretch, and he is well-trained. He is very experienced at this point. And we talked about with Charles Oliveira, being calm and making better decisions. You've seen a lot of that growth from him. So overall game development and then just real veteran smarts. I like Matt Schnell I a like lot. this fight a lot. Um, do you think Miranda Maverick's back against Aaron Blanchfield? Um, you know, I have a high This is a very important fight. Plus 120, Blanchfield is the, is the underdog. Uh, a slight, slight favorite there uh, for Miranda. Do you think she took a step back in the close decision loss to... The slugger, um, uh, back. Macy Barber. Macy Barber. Not a bit of a, not much of a slugger. Um, you know, aggressive. I guess yes, is what I'm trying to say. Do so you think she took us? I didn't think. She, I thought Miranda deserved that decision. I thought that Miranda had beat her, but it was close enough where you can't complain. And what I would say is, yeah, dude, that had to be a valuable learning experience. Remember, between that fight, oh, just before that fight, but really, really between that fight and now this one, she left Norfolk, Virginia, and moved to I think I want to say Elevation Fight Team, I believe, out in Colorado. She certainly moved to Colorado. This, I think, will be the first full-ish camp out there, and I'm curious to see what happens, because I thought she had done good work, but there was she did fade in that fight. Remember that? The third mm -hmm. round, she kind of let it, the fight that slip was, away. So that's the disappointing part. That, that, that's why I even bring that up, because yeah. of that right there. But that's a correctable mistake, you sure. think, right? You, so, you hope. You hope. Yes. Um, she's awesome. She's a tank, Luke. She's a fucking beast. Aaron um, Blanchfield, though, unbeaten in the UFC, only loss was to Brian Ortega's girlfriend, but not Halle Berry, the other one. Tracy Cortez, right? Is that the name? Get out. <laughs> Get out of your room. I play the hits, Luke. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you, oh, you don't. You, Dude, no, here's what you do. You're like, sweater? I didn't wear that. It's not a Christmas party. Oh, 
Cut it out, I Dave mean, you know, You're Dave Coulier, and you think you're Dice Clay. You go to That's a, the problem. You go to you. a Chumbawamba concert. You want to hear the uh, the whiskey drink song. And you, probably hear, you probably want to hear it two or three times, Luke, right? You know, you know what? Just fuck all the other songs <laughs> on the album. Just play that one. Who gives a shit anymore? Uh, yeah, do you like Maverick in this one? I do. I do. Okay. Okay. I, by the way, it's close odds, I think. Um, but I, I tend to think she's got more proven ability. Ryan Hall's... Weird, exotic career path continues. Yep. Uh, he'll be in there against Derek Minner. He's fresh off a his first his only loss. God damn, it's only loss. Only loss. Um, it was a bad one. Can he? Is there another life for this cat, Luke? So Derek Minner is a guy who also strongly believes in his own grappling, and um, I tend to think that he probably might try to engage Ryan on the ground a little bit, like Topuria did as well. But Topuria was like very very careful about when to throw. And then also I think Ryan didn't have his best showing in that fight. I like Ryan to rebound here only because I think Derek Minner is going to oblige Hall on the ground, and that will be probably not great for him. So, Luke, final UFC pay-per-view of the year. We didn't have every fight, but we got close. Do you have any final thoughts heading into UFC 269? I think it's been... We should say this out loud. I was thinking about this last night, dude. It's the last pay-per-view of the year, not the last... UFC card, there's one more on the 18th, but, dude, UFC has had a great fucking year. 2021, man. So this is their financially greatest year? I was I was thinking the other day, this is up there from my day-to-day fandom. Like, 2016, to me, was the impeccable UFC yes. year to, to cover. And, yes, and, and Ronda and Connor fighting every quarter, basically. It was incredible, and there's been other well, at years. At least one of them a quarter. There's been a few years since then that have been insanely great. I mean, even 2020, with all the issues, they were yeah, pretty damn great. Yeah, it was a strong great. year. But this year, Luke, is in contention for their... Just top to bottom. Most I gotta say, I, have, we, I gotta say, dude, the UFC and their partnership with ESPN, dude, they are killing it. It's why the fighter pay debate is kind of it's interesting exactly because why. it's not because UFC is suffering or anything, dude. They are fucking murdering it now, dude. It's so it's they are at the apex. They haven't traveled for a fight night card since when Norfolk, Virginia, when they, it was uh, Figueroa versus Benavidez Damn, or something. That's a long time ago. I don't know if that was the last one or not, but you know it's around that time length. And I'm like, dude, they're now just on autopilot, putting shows in the apex, and then going out and doing big pay per views and crowds. And they're making more money now than they ever have. They made a billion dollars. What was it in a quarter or something? Something insane. Um, uh, Some people have said we're on that own that same trajectory. No, just Pat McAfee's on the that motions, trajectory. Just cash your big checks. Yeah, yeah. Pat Dude, McAfee's on that trajectory. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. McAfee. What am I saying? Say yeah, really? McAfee. You're right. You're Thirty million right. per year. Holy Dude, shit! He's killing the. So he just he the just game. moved the goalposts like down the road behind the mountain, Luke. That's um, that's Stern and Rogan money. That's what that is. That's just absurd amounts of money. But hopefully in the short term that'll make the market just batshit crazy and people are like yo. Yo, we got it. We got to like triple pay morning combat to keep. Them, yeah, you know? dude, I want. I, dude, they gave us just a three million dollar deal. I take it for a year, then quit. And the, fuck Brian. What Kevin. if they were like, yo, I'll give you a massive raise, or I'll give you a maid that will follow you, you know, on show days, and will just like, you know, be your servant. That's what you are. No. <laughs> what do I need to pay for one of those? Right. Clean, clean my underwear, Brian Campbell. Uh, Luke, there's also some boxing this weekend. Actually. Good boxing this weekend. Yo, Showtime's got a good-ass fight here. So, totally. Lito Donaire at 39 years. Dude, the legend will not only not go away, this Twilight has been so insanely fun to watch, and I have so much respect for it, because when Donaire in his early to mid-30s moved up to featherweight, Luke, and he got knocked out by the biggest names, but he went for it, you were like, okay, last the, stand. And then in a way fight. No, no, before that. Before, okay, before that. that. You're like, okay, when, when he was getting knocked out by, like, Nicholas Walters and guys like that, you're like... 
He found his ceiling. Great Hall of Fame run. We love him. Go away. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. seriously. And then he starts cutting back down in weight. Now he's down two divisions at Bantamweight. He went life and death with Inoue in one of the best fights of this modern era and broke his face. Or no, it was Inoue who, broke his eye, who had his eye broken. The second round or something? And, and Donaire was like the fresher fighter late in that, and it's revived his career in ways that no one saw coming, to be in that brutal of a fight. And then didn't he just come off of like a fourth-round fucking vicious to, win? Against Nordino Bali to claim the title once again at 118 pounds. Who he was? We wanted him against John Real Casamero. They made the fight. It was going to be Filipino on Filipino action. And then there was what, like arguments over the drug testing and the money, and then And suddenly, also that he had kind of like insulted his the wife. The trash talk and... got really hard, and that's part of what Donaire's trying to do. You saw him sitting zen at the press conference. I mean, yes. he's trying to be... Look, he was the first guy when Vada came out. He was the first guy, and he was in his prime then, who's like, I want to sign up for voluntary 24-7 drug testing. So that's a big part of his legacy. But also to cut down two weight classes late in your career and reinvent yourself at this level, it's sick. I mean, this is... So he'll be in there Saturday night. Or does, against... does boxing need to rethink uh, guys dropping weight for success? Because we're, watch, right we're watching it in MMA, yeah. but I think boxing has a, even more of a stigma around going down versus going up. Absolutely. But maybe, they, maybe that's a little outdated, you think? No, that's not outdated. It's an absolute stigma looked at a lot of times. It rarely happens in boxing. Uh, it's incredible. So he's got a really interesting fight. Raymark Gabayo, who's from the Philippines as well, unbeaten. He's got like 20 KOs and 24 wins. He's the interim title holder here. So we're, finally we're you know, condensing these title belts, and we're going to see it. And uh, this could be a war. What's interesting is uh, Gabayo's so young, Luke. I think he's only like 24 or something. He grew up. Donaire was his favorite fighter. He's fighting his idol. That's wild as shit. And, oh, by the way, it'll probably be full-on theater in, in, a, in an action fight. Yeah, he's not going to be in a boring fight. He's, by the way, another guy who, as a fighter, completely knows who he is, doesn't, yes. really, doesn't really get away from that, and has shown new life, as we talked about in, uh, in this late stage. Jake the Camera Guy is fired up also. Brandon Lee is going to be in the co-main event. Brandon Lee. You know, Brandon Lee. Lee. Uh, he's, a good, he's a puncher. Luke. He can punch his fucking ass But we don't really ass know ass how good he is. Who's the guy he's fighting? Heraldez. Juan Heraldez. Juan Heraldez. Yeah, uh, before, before the Taylor, yeah. Yep, fought Regis Progray. This guy's battle-tested, so this is the type of fight. This could be like a show... An awesome showbox man. This is like that type of fight where you're like, we're gonna find out what he's made of. Have you been enjoying being on Eighth uh, Street Latinas on the phone while, while the show's going on? He's here's dude. Here's what he's doing on the phone the whole time. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry, Corey. We need Luke to stop talking so I can hear you. Go ahead. Suck my fucking dick. Hey. Oh my God. Corey said that in our intro there, uh, you had Donaire translating for his opponent, Gabayo, during the... From Tagalog? In Tagalog at the presser yesterday. That's wild. That's pretty nice of him. But he's he's really trying to push peace and no trash talk. I mean, I'm not against this message at all. And then just going out there and being a complete... And just taking people apart. Yeah. So that'll be interesting theater on Saturday. It's a loaded boxing schedule, though. And let's not go any further than saying Vasily Lomachenko is going to be back in a big way here. We set the storylines for Saturday night, Madison Square Garden, ESPN, all that. I thought for sure he was going to shit talk Lopez, and he didn't. Gentlemen. Gentlemen at that press conference. Richard Comey at 35. He comes to bring it from Ghana, Luke. Yes, he got knocked out by uh, um, Jose Cito. I'm sorry, not Jose Cito. Good God, Teofimo Lopez. Yeah, not Jose Cito Lopez. Uh, to to lose his world title, but he's back. He knocked out uh, the same guy who gave Roly Romero a ton of trouble in that fight. Uh, Jackson, uh, fight. Uh, Jackson, Jackson Marinez. 
And uh, this is interesting. Obviously, Lomachenko will be favored, and he's only 33. And last year against, or I'm sorry, earlier this year against Nakatani, he looked to be back to the super elite level coming off of the loss to Teofimo, in which he started too late. He got silenced in the 12th round, but there were certainly questions about Loma, but he was still pretty damn elite in the second half of that fight, pushing sure. Teofimo, you know? For sure. And also, like, you know, again, I thought the way he initially had handled the loss to Lopez was shitty. But he has since then kept quiet. He opened up a hotel. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. He opened up a Loma hotel on like this like waterfront property. It's oh, called should, the, the Loma Hotel. We should stay at that. Place. It's like a spa. It's fucking nice. Anyway, it's, we had to travel to Ukraine though, so I'll, I'll pass. But what what are you, what are you against on the Ukraine because of the because of the invasion that's coming with? Partly, maybe. Okay. Also, you know, not that money. Um, Yo, you've been to some you've been to some reckless places though. I've been to places worse than you've the been Ukraine. to some dangerous ass places. I've been to places much worse, but I don't have a desire to go back to them. Yo, either. you got to get an Indian homecoming with MK cameras. So that I, will I be, don't think I don't think anyone's waiting at the airport. Is that our mountaintop moment? Yes. Like back to New Delhi with the MK doc. Cameras? Someone get me a replica belt, and I'll just show up and expect fans to uh, you know adore me. Um, what the fuck are we talking about? Um, we might win an award tonight. That's what we talked about. I don't think we're going to win an award. Uh, look. Lomachenko is a big betting favorite in this, but it doesn't mean that Comey's not in it, and everybody's oh, been right. rightfully talking up Comey. He is an aggressive, come-forward guy, Luke. He, he's p patient enough to counter, but he's known more as an aggressive guy. But the problem is, that type of traditional style, Loma eats up. Whether you're dangerous or not, Loma eats that shit up, Luke, with the wizardry, the footwork. We're talking about Dom Cruz. He's next level, Dom Cruz, in terms of the traps yeah. he sets and the footwork. And um, his pivoting and his angles. And the are, sharpness of his punches, even though he's over his insane. head in terms of power. Is Loma going to get a stoppage win? Or is he going to win a, a good ass fight by decision? I think he stops him. I think Loma is going to look impressive here. I think Comey's going to be tough a little bit early. But I just think over time, Loma's got way, way, way too much to work with. And... Um, I, I'm not going to say this is going to be the drubbing that the Nakatani fight was, because Loma beat the shit out of him, but I think it'll be pretty clear-cut. This will be a big win in terms of just uh, reinstating people's confidence level and, exactly and who he is. is. That's exactly what if it is. If you look spectacular, there's a lot of money to be made. We talked about Bob Arum teasing the idea of Shakur Stevenson moving up. Um, you'd love to see Loma against, if they can make these type of things, Ryan Garcia or Devin Haney or anybody in and around this weight class. What a time to be alive at lightweight with George Cambosis now being the sort of uh, power player, and maybe he'll fight Devin Haney next. But where do you think Loma goes next? So let's say he shines against Comey. Do they might do the Lopez rematch. I know Lopez is moving up to 140. I guess we'll see. That'd be a great storyline coming off. Two though. guys who need a little bit of a... I mean, uh, they don't do that in boxing. In boxing, in in instead, you get stay busy fights and set up yeah. fights or they'll give you a fight just to use as a commercial for your eventual fight against uh yeah i don't know i mean you know they've got keith thurman going against mario barrio so so you love that matchup but damn is that a pay-per-view fight no fuck no it's, uh, no no it's not a pay-per-view fight it's a great matchup though it's a fun I, fight but no i want to see if barrios can can step up um, for that level i don't know exactly where he goes but i think you're right i think the object here if you're loma is being like oh you all must have forgot Let's, let me let me remind everyone what time it is. The aforementioned John Real Casimero, who's a unified bantamweight champion, he was at the airport laughing hysterically when I went home that day. He'll be fighting Paul Butler. He's a minus three thousand favorite. Of course, we would have liked the Donair fight right now. It's not going to happen. But he's fighting Saturday. Dimitri Bivol is going to be a massive favorite at minus sixteen hundred to defend his WBA light heavyweight title against Umar Salamov. I expect a Bivol win, and I got to see Bivol against Arthur uh, Better Beef. I got to do it. I know we're talking about Canelo jumping in, but I got to. They're both unbeaten. We've got to find out who's the best light heavyweight in the world, Luke. And then maybe Canelo can come. I agree.
Damn right. Okay, and also Luke on Saturday. Katie Taylor back on the zone as a minus twenty five hundred. So favorite is this against Feruza Sharapova? So you got you got Katie Taylor this weekend. You've got Amanda Serrano next weekend. Is this the last time we have to go through this? Because I, I want to so. see this fight so bad. Katie Taylor has indicated that this should be the last one for each of her and Sor- Serrano. Because you would imagine Serrano's going to win next weekend. And Katie Taylor, I haven't looked at this fight at all. I apologize. But I would imagine she's going to be favored. She's a huge favorite here. So let's it's time. Let's get this done, and then it's time. It's really time. Um, I did like the two-fight series that Katie had with Delphine Pursun. That's been probably the, Those I did watch. the highest yes. level fun action. But Katie will put it on you if she's better than you, and she's better than most of the girls, um, the women, excuse me. Um, but let's get to Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, because that's a, that's a great freaking fight. All right, Luke, quick hitters quickly here on the way out, okay? John Jones talked about potential fight dates. Quote, I'm looking to fight somewhere in April, possibly Madison Square Garden, or total opposite date, possibly July at IFW. So those are the two dates that I'm eyeing. I think it'll, fight week? Yep, I think it'll depend on who wins in January between Nganu and Gan, and we'll just take it from there. End quote. He's right. It depends what happens in January. What month and what level of matchmaking would make the most sense for John Jones? Does it have to be next for the winner of this undisputed championship bout? Candidly, I thought you could have, I don't know if Stipe is interested. I thought that a John Jones Stipe fight actually makes a lot of sense, even without a title being on the line. I really do. Because As a number one contender. Number one contender fight, and it would do great money. And by the way, I think it would tell us a lot about where John Jones' level is if you go and you fight Stipe, win or lose. Like it will tell us, you know, again, I've said this at this point before, I'm in no way suggesting that when he moves to heavyweight, he won't have a continued reign of dominance. But I would just question the assumed premise that it will be automatic. I want to see exactly. He's, he's had a lot of time off. It's a different weight class. You have to change your body for it. Let's see how he looks. Stipe, it'd be a big fight, number one contender, I and love it'd the be a idea. great test. I just don't think, I, I'm questioning John's yeah, what he, angle what he and his mindset. I think John would be much more likely, in this, I think he may have already said it and I miss it, to say, I want title or nothing. And yeah. by the way, he has the cachet to demand that That's and true. get that. It's the, best, it's the best fight to make. But if he went in the other direction, if he went Connor come back against Cowboy level, if he said, I want a... I got to find out who I am at heavyweight, so give me an aging name. Um, would you hold it against him, or is that probably the, the better actual he's move? He's just not gonna. He's not gonna take an aging name. It's not. Just, he, just to kind of get. Active. Dude, I don't think. I always thought he'd even if John Lester. Jones, even if John Jones makes it back and makes a heavyweight campaign, do we really expect he's gonna do this for a long time? I don't. I don't. That, that seems unlikely. Like he's probably in it for another push of big paydays, and then that's probably it. If it was um, Lesnar, would you throw up in your mouth? Lesnar against who? John Jones. No, because John hasn't fought at heavyweight yet. Yeah. Like, I don't think that'd be a problem at all, quite candidly. I mean, I don't know what kind of a fight. That would be much less valuable in terms of, like, where John is at heavyweight. It'd be an event, though. But it would be a huge... Dude, Lesnar transformed my career. I've always been pretty positive. Oh, you give more credit to... This is an interesting question. Do you give more credit to, for your just career and the timing to Lesnar or McGregor bringing the sport to Because of the timing. Or Rousey, if you want right. to argue. Because of the timing, it's Lesnar by a mile. Okay. Um, that isn't to say that people who had a similar experience at the time which they got in weren't elevated and boosted by the inclusion of Rousey and McGregor, us included. But the real first big major push that even got me to even full-time consideration was Lesnar. And there's just no two ways about it. Um, he was like, if CM Punk was good, you know, like... It had all of that and then some. Um, but yeah, so John versus any of those would be... Dude, even John versus Curtis Blades would be, I'd be into a valuable show. fight. Like, there's a lot of fights that'd be valuable. I, I tend to think he's going to wait for gold, maybe. Uh, Luke Dana White is interested in potentially signing Kayla Harrison. So here's the quote he gave to TSN's Aaron Bronstetter, I believe, earlier this week. That division is still there for the champ, White said. 
The day that Amanda says she doesn't want to defend that belt anymore, we probably let it go. It's there for her. And I'm interested in the whole Kayla Harrison thing. She thinks she's the best in the world. There's only one way to find out. Come over here and fight the GOAT. End quote. His tune is changing. Dana admitted that they are in... They are talking to each so other. That, so right it now. tells me that when Caleb was winning, he was doing the promoter bit of let me lower how much you can yes. reasonably ask. And, uh, we'll, and now he's going, okay, the time has passed. We really want you. Let's yeah, go make this. Yeah. Dude, that's what you want. So, and seriously, and, and joking on. aside or anything we've ever said about Dana, you want him to have that response. That's perfect. So go after listen, it. Listen, listen. If he got Kayla, that would be a case where you would actually look at the tape and be like, okay, you can imagine some real scenarios where Amanda would be in trouble. Not some like, hey, maybe on a, by, you know, it's a do theory or something. It'd be a real way to look at tape and say, Amanda's got her work cut out for her big time against Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison, you would agree. Maybe you don't think she's going to win. She's a real threat to Amanda. Absolutely. Nunes. And what's interesting is they have sparred together a good deal yeah. down there. Um, if the fan in you, would you rather get a chance to see Kayla against Cyborg first, knowing the path would kind of be there to then zigzag back to Nunes? Assuming it was all kind of coordinated and you knew the Nunes fight was going to happen, yes. But short of having absolute guarantees that the Nunes fight will happen, I want the Nunes one first. Okay, Luke wants his cake and eat it too, just like Dustin Poirier on Saturday. All right. Just that's, how, that's me bringing it back. No, no, Thank me, you, Dave Coulier. It's me bringing it back around. Thank you, top. Dave. Thank you, Dave That's Coulier. the end of our five topics this week. All right, man. Okay, UFC 269 leading the charge there. Uh, do you want to do a little dead wrong? Or hey, that's what we're... We, we, we owe it to the audience right. to uh, take L's. Uh, that's what we do, really, is just... Take yeah, morningcombat at gmail.com is your email address every Friday. You send in. Look, we sit in front of a microphone and make fools of ourselves weekly. We might get some shit wrong, but, you know, you better bring a receipt, bitch. And they do. Dead wrong. They do. Waiting on that animation. Anytime. There we go. A little late. A little yeah. late, but that's okay. All right, Greg is coming. You coming on? Let's come on here. Gentlemen, at one hour and 39 minutes of December 2nd, Brian mentioned to Luke that he didn't think Luke was as into the Mexican BBLs as he is the oh my South God, we're American. We're going to dead wrong this I'm, or something? Luke fired back with a Salma Hayek reference being his BBL Shangri-La. This is dead wrong. For Hollywood. For Hollywood. This is dead wrong. Where Hayek is a Mexican citizen, her ethnic heritage is actually Lebanese on her father's side and Spanish on her mother's side. Yeah, but she's a Mexican national and Mexican by culture. No, I knew you'd take that lane. No, no one will ever forget that snake dance from, from Dusk Till Dawn, He's though. He's right. He's right. Keep up the good work, boys. I think you need to say each other's names more often, though. Hey, BC. Peace and love. <laughs> From Greg, um, so I think that I think that is an L though for you. Sort of because not really because she's she grew up in Mexico. She now lives in London. Yeah, but you're as pedantic in every other way. So for you to yeah, act but dude, like but this is, I mean, now? who is an authentically Mexican person where you can like derive their entire heritage from there? Nobody. It all states. Let's back go to you. the jury. Jake, does Luke take an L in this? Dude, is, you're going to tell me Me Salma Hayek's not Mexican. Boy, someone should inform her of this because she doesn't know that. I don't think it's an obvious role. I think if you could go. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Jake's very, he, he's very pleasing to you me. You act like she moved there and her first language is Arabic. She speaks with a Mexican accent. All right, Tyler is here. He says, when BC was talking about great replacement fighters in boxing history, improving a fight, he said Vitaly Klitschko filled in for Kevin Johnson. He actually filled in for Canadian Kirk Johnson Ooh. in making the Lennox Lewis fight. Great fighter, never met him. Vitaly actually fought Kirk Johnson six months after 
the Lennox That's Lewis a good fight direction, actually. and took him underwater for a second round stoppage. I'll take that out. Yes, I said Kevin Johnson. It was, in fact, Kirk Johnson. Good and call. you're right. Uh, Vitaly did, did take him to the woodshed shortly after that. So he got it all done there. Too bad we didn't see a rematch with Vitaly and Lennox, or too bad we didn't see that during that stretch when Vladimir Klitschko was, I mean, he was just destroying people you never heard of, but that's who was out there, right? right. Wouldn't you have loved Lennox Lewis to, to like come back and... Yeah. I would have loved that. Yeah. I know he, he got out at the perfect time, and oh, by the way... Lennox. Lennox has only lost twice, and he revenged both by knockout, so like he's done everything he could to protect and put that legacy out there, but I would have liked that. I'm asking for a lot, I know. I would have liked one more. Yeah, yeah. Kevin says, uh, looks like BC wasn't paying attention in his factory town elementary school's math class because on Monday's MK at 21:25, BC says this about Koji Horiguchi. For four and a quarter rounds, he looked like the best bantamweight in the world before getting knocked out in the fourth round, which of course means the fight lasted for less fifth. than four yeah. rounds. By the way, if Kevin Lee becomes a future Bellator or PFL or even Triller champ, it still counts. I agree with that. That is dead right, Kevin. Uh, we did say future world champ. Yeah, I'll take the L on the math there. I, I didn't know, yeah, I, I'm, I screw a lot of things up. That's all right. That's all right. All right. Uh, Daniel says, Luke does not seem to know the weight of boxing gloves in a professional fight. I should have dead wronged you in the moment, but I don't like to always cut you off. Because I said there were 12? I always cut you off. Yeah. i got to stop cutting you off. Yeah, 12 are for practice, but yes. Uh, he has mentioned, referred to them as 12-ounce gloves in Monday's episode, blah, blah, blah. Only because of those are the practice ones. But yes, that's right. They're not 12 ounces. Luke, don't, boxers don't even use 12 in professional matches. Yes, they're 8 rounds, and then above 147 pounds, they're 10. So I mean, 10, 10 ounces. 10 8 ounces. ounces and then 10, yes. You get what I'm saying. Yes. I'm sorry. Below 147, they're 10 ounces. Or, or um, yeah. Yes, that's and right. And above. Yeah, that's okay. right. God, maybe the show should The 12s end. are just heavy bag practice. He's maybe right. the show should end now. All right, Luke, right. if you're going to cover boxing at a bare minimum, know the glove size. Yeah, there the you go. This guy, this guy would definitely do a better job than everybody else. <laughs> He's that smart. All right, RL is here. I don't know if that means ruthless Robbie Lawler. He says, last week on Monday and Friday episodes, Brian kept referring to Raphael Faziv as Kazakhstani. No, he's, uh, well, he's Azerbaijan, wrong. but he's... he's uh, well, let me tell you, Luke, okay? okay? Which is dead wrong, uh, which makes sense because he is about as Kazakhstani as Luke is Indian. <laughs> Faziev was, in fact, born in Kazakhstan to a Russian mother and an Azeri father. Yep. Grew up in Kyrgyzstan, where Valentina was born, but, due to, uh, but, but to Ukrainian parents. Yeah, that makes sense. So Valentina is Ukrainian by, by uh, family origin, but was born in Kyrgyzstan. That's right. Yeah. Love the show, but please get your former Soviet Republic straight. That's a fair request. For that's, that's not All unreasonable. Right. All right. This one's from uh, Greg. On episode 238, this past Wednesday, Luke was dead wrong when discussing the 269 storylines. When he mentioned Conor McGregor, Luke claimed that Nate Diaz had defeated Conor via TKO at welterweight. No, sub. Despite Nate actually... You corrected that in real time. Yeah. he won I, here's, the thing, here's the thing. I, I had misunderstood. I thought you had said via stoppage. Which, yes, that would count, but obviously a submission via rear naked choke is not a TKO. He also says in the Have You Seen the Shit on Monday subway segment where the guy got knocked out by the doors, yes. that you, not, not Jim Morrison, but you said that uh, uh, this <laughs> I took it was place DC. in D.C., but this actually took place in Montreal. They, have a, they must have a similar looking um, uh, platform. Oh, they want a dead wrong, a dead wrong for our final one here, Luke. Talk right. about tokes again, whatever, tokes. Toke? Toke? Not Tuki, not, not your daughter, tokes. T-O-Q-U-E-S. Oh, no me toques? 
Yeah, okay, Tokes, okay. Like, don't touch me? Uh, Luke, here we go. John and David saying, uh, morning, Brain and Luke from the Canuck land. They called you Brain? Yeah, that's how he typed it in there. I don't know if it was an error. This Love is dead wrong, this asswipe from the beginning. Can we dead wrong Luke's jeans? I don't know if anyone's seen these. Fuck you, there's a Lucky jeans, Brand right? jeans. And you're, don't, 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 stop, no, stop, don't, stop, don't, stop. He'll get so angry, because he, he's a little bit of an old bitch, so he'll get, like, extra angry. Dude, Brian is wearing clothes that literally a homeless drifter <laughs> who sucks dick for cab money is wearing. And he has the temerity to, be, to mention intentional holes in my Lucky Brand jeans. Bitch, you'd be lucky to wear these, wow. you fucking clown. Do you remember when Bob Saget on Half Baked was like, you ever suck dick for Coke, man? <laughs> That's an underrated 2000s classic. Yeah, that is uh, so good. Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, love the show and the banter so much so that this is about the only MMA podcast I follow. I wanted to call you out, though, okay. for something that every single Canadian knows and hopes to get. BC back into the win column. A toque, toque, took is a hat worn in the winter, sometimes with a pom-pom and sometimes without. A you, toque? You we, can, have, we have a Canadian here. He says it's a toque. Oh, that is, dude, that's Jack from uh, Alberta, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Edmonton, Alberta, yeah. yeah. Um, a, a toque. You can call them beanies, knit caps, and caps, but the proper pronunciation is toque. It rhymes with Luke. Stay warm, A. From, uh, Stay warm, eh? 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 Stay warm with some maple syrup, eh? Boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say A-O. <laughs> Girl, your booty is so fine. All right. Uh, Luke, I think that was our show for the week. That was it? That was it. How'd you feel Morning about Combat it? at How'd Gmail. You, you know, here's what... I, I like this feeling I have right now. I have a feeling of uneasiness because I can't tell if that was our greatest episode of all time, Luke, or our worst. No, it definitely wasn't our worst. And it, well, I think it's all or nothing. I think it, it might actually be the best then. It was it was teetering off the rails at times, Luke. But I like the the, the heat. I like the spice. Okay, you know? are you sober? Yes. Have you been sober for the entire show experience? Absolutely. Okay. All right. You? I am sober, sadly, but yes. What you think? That you think sometimes I've got you know. You know when you're a couple uppers. When I just hear you, you a couple lines. When I hear you randomly giggling like I did yesterday, I can usually tell what state you're in. Yeah, Nevada. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what state. By the way, we, you should dead wrong you. People get on me all this all the time. It's Nevada. So people from Nevada don't like it when you say Nevada. They say Nevada. You know our guy Jack. Yes. He's an influencer, bro. Yeah, he is. It's he it. should influence you to wear clothes that don't look idiotic. Yo, he's DJed in front of the masses, bro. What was the name of that thing you DJed? EDC. EDC, for folks who may not know what that is. That's for people on EDM, correct? And and uh, uh, MDMA. Damn right. You're damn right. And MDMA. Um, I love our staff. Very talented staff. This guy, Ty, over here, he's done many adult movies. Also, the guy, who, the guy who's done the sound of Ty, you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, did you notice he's... No, he hasn't, he hasn't performed in them. No, no, did, like you, the... did you know he's committed several crimes with a firearm? I found this out <laughs> doing a random search on Google for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, normally we get that camera guy who gave us those edibles that time Luke. dude this guy gave us edibles and he was like these ain't shit these are barely gonna put you in a good mood 20 minutes later my head is fucking spinning like uh, I'm on a plane that's crashing into the ground alright tonight is the world MMA awards I believe on ESPN plus you can watch the live stream have we confirmed that at... Courtney have you confirmed that yes. that's true 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, where we oh, are. Oh, I asked my wife to watch. She ain't going to watch now. She ain't going to watch that shit. Um, but here's the deal, folks. We are nominated for Best MMA Programming. It, it could be an uphill battle. We're I got to say, against... say, we are the David in the... That's the group of death. So I've told you this before. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you have the World, World Cup qualifying, Cup, yeah. and you'll have, like, Germany, France, Spain, all in one group. It's like, dude, 
this is going to be a brutal, brutal finish. Uh, we are up against Rogan. We're up against DC and Helwani. We're up against Embedded. And we're up against Contender Series. And if, you're, if you want to know the history of this award, I think it's about, it goes back about six years. There have been podcasts in the past from Ariel to MMA Junkie uh, nominated, but nobody's ever won it that's not a UFC-produced TV show. All right, well, then that's hopeless for us. The Ultimate I mean. Fighter. Uh, you know, so we're up against two of those in, embedded in an actual fight series, Dana White Contender Series. You looked series. that up? Yo, I had to figure out, are we really in this or not? Like, are you, is you with me or what, right? Uh, what would you, know, you put our chances this, of winning? Like the one Seriously. thing I ask both the staff and our fans, sometimes not explicitly, but I hope they can pick it up from my aura, is like, yo, would you die for me? You know what I mean? You're like, dude, yo, your own yo, wife would you, wouldn't die would for you. Would you kill for me? More importantly, you know what I mean? Like, like that's the thing, Luke. Um, because I'll cook the food, but they're gonna have to. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll catch the food right in the wild. They're gonna have to cook it though, Luke. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, tonight we've got a chance. So uh, remember the Alamo is all I'm saying. Remember the Alamo, where the people who were remembering it lost it. Uh, and what are you going to do? Hey, uh, listen, we're you, here. Do you think Davy Crockett went out like a bitch? Because there are there are different theories. Some people are like, no, hey, yo, he, he fought, yo, he, he fought him Crockett. and Jim Bowie fought to the death. And other people are like, yo, those bitches got captured and tortured and shit. I think we do a lot of myth making about our heroes, but that's okay, you know. All right, remember the MMA Alamo at the very least. What um, time do we uh, do? I need to be over here. I don't think we should discuss this on the air, right, Luke? Yo, what? So people like you know, you can get, you can catch a, you can catch a critter following you, Luke. You know what I mean? That's true, but I have to say, like, the critters have not been so bad this trip. Yeah, because it's rodeo weekend in, in Vegas, which is weird. There are cowboys. Yo, I've been, everywhere. I've stayed at the host hotel before during rodeo weekend covering a fight. It's not fun, Luke. It's not. Did you get COVID? It's kind of like, like if you don't like closed spaces and hippies and you got dropped in the middle of like a fish concert in the, in the lawn and you're like, yo, where am I? If that's not your thing, if it's your thing, you're, you know, you're, you're good. But if you're not, look, you would not be comfortable. In that oh, how excited are you to walk the red carpet? I have to tell you, I'm terrified of it. Positively terrified. You know why? Because it's going to be a long walk of awkward stairs to people who don't want to take pictures of us. Oh, so you're saying the media us. wants nothing to do with us and everyone around us is like an E-list celebrity? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like someone around us will be like a faded zero, but will have been in like a big movie at one point or something. They could have been all my heroes in the 90s. Just yeah. You know. like, like I, saw, I took a selfie with Jose Canseco. He was the man at one point in the world, but then, you know, he's a, nothing now. But um, <laughs> You're still kind of jacked, though. I'm nervous about walking the red carpet because I don't want to walk it if people are just going to ignore me and I feel like everyone's going to ignore me. Well, you think Mike Bone will like, like want to like interview us? You know, we'll turn the camera on. Honestly, us. I don't. That's the problem. And so, like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, <sighs> if he won't talk to us, who will? Who got? Did, did Submission Radio deserve to be nominated for this? Of course, dude. They're great. They I love those great. guys. I yeah. love those guys. Yeah. Um, oh, the I, the Schmo Show. They asked you to be on. Speaking of great nominated. Yeah, I got to get back to them. I'm going to try to make it happen. I'm going to try to make it happen. We're going to see. So, that's a meeting of the minds right there. That is, is it. An, that is an, it's an inter, it's interesting matchmaking. It's it's an inter, like I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's interesting. Uh, it should be fun if we can make it work. So hopefully we can make it work. Is there ever a scenario between you and me in our personal and professional relationship where you'd be willing to bet your beard on something? I mean, it'd have to be severe. I get it. It would have to be severe. I don't really understand but you. I you would, are I would deeply take concerned chance. about things about me that I don't think twice about on I, you. I, I, I think the world needs to see you. Why don't you worry about once. dyeing your hair like, less? Remember when Chuck Mindenhall took off his hat that one time? We were like, whoa, episode six of Star Wars. Like, yeah. hey, hey, Darth, can you put that shit back on? Yo, you without a beard would be weird. Like, that'd yeah. Be real weird. yeah, well, so don't worry about it. So it's we not should going get anywhere. a life bet. Where the, look, obviously, the odds would be against it. So 
It's something that I have to deal Since with. Since I know you're the world's biggest pussy, you get a tattoo, I'll shave my beard. How about that? I don't believe you'll follow through. If I, get I, a I don't believe you'll get a tattoo, so I don't have to worry about it. No, but I actually don't have trust that you would fulfill your end of the... I program. would sign a contract to that effect. And I know you are such a hoe, you would never lay down for the needles. Who, who's going to be the lawyer? Can we have Stephen Espinosa? He's a former lawyer, Stephen Espinosa. Yeah. Maybe he can uh, type it up. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll get. You think the, he can get me a will? Why is that? <laughs> just, can we do, power of can we do the living will? Like we just get a one package deal with, with Stephen? Yeah, yeah. I'll strike on it. I'll, I'll, I'll sign a fucking bind here. I'll sign it, dude. Come on. Higher, higher for Let me let me get let my people get back to you. Oh, you see, uh, this is an easy thing to bet against. You know, you're American Alpha, dude. I don't understand why you call. It's like me calling myself a black woman. It's like <laughs> wait, what? So like, yeah, my, I am American, right? Yeah. Okay, but it's got like no reference to reality whatsoever. You're like the least alpha dude. I I've do you ever not get the reference, Luke? We are at war. And while we may be in, in friendly time with, with the great Ariel Hawani, for example, yo, We're I'm at war at, with him? I'm at war with everyone, war with Luke, him. okay? It, it's a beautiful war, but I am, I'm coming, bro, I'm fucking coming, okay? You're, you're the Rachel Dolezal of identities. You're just <laughs> pretending to be something you, you see, are absolutely not. You see Richard Comey at the Loma Press yesterday? He's like, yo, I'm coming, I'm coming. I'm coming. He was. He was. I know, but he might get knocked out. He by was her, going after it, bro. Um, so you know, Harold Howard was right in Niagara Falls, where he grew up, where I grew up in Nuggets of Connecticut. We had that saying. And okay, are you going to take selfies with E-list celebrities tonight? I hope so. I really hope. I yeah. think you need to. I think you need. But to. But the you know, me being the American Alpha is, I'll, I'm willing to take on Canada if I have to. Okay. Okay. I, Canada's nice. Two worlds collide. Rather than I like nations. Canada. Luke, there's not a brand or someone I'm not coming after. Okay, Rachel, whatever you say. You know, oh, oh, Pat McAfee, you're making 30 million. Okay, guess what? I'm coming, bro. I'm yeah, coming. he's got that FanDuel money. We got that DraftKings money. How about that? We got that DraftKings cash. All right, enough fooling around for one day. That's Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. Hey, could the, could um, the, could the camera be a little bit more cutting my head off with lazy-ass camera? I want you to remember DraftKings, the official betting partner of the UFC, the NFL, and we got a great deal going with them right now. So here's the deal. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Poirier, Oliveira, Saturday night. If you bet $1 That's right. on that fight, if one of them lands a punch, you will win $100 betting dollars in credits on the, uh, on the draft. That's good guy. Okay, you're like, yo, I, yo, I'm not into them. I'm into the NFL. I've got to bet on the Patriots. Okay. With the $1 UFC thing, use that, use that hundo on the Patriots. Uh, whatever you have to do, but you've got to use our code of combat. K-O-M-B-A-T on the DraftKings uh, uh, Sportsbook app. Use that in there, and like, dude, it's you're flipping houses, you're flipping money. You're, we're gonna give you a buck on the world's easiest bet, and they're gonna give you a hundred bucks to make. If someone told me I'll give you a dollar, and then in return I'll get a hundred, I'd be like, wow, that's a great deal. I would, I would take that deal. That's the deal we're making for you. Yeah, did your dad used to do that pull the finger joke on you when you were little? Uh, hit different ones, but not that one. Not particularly that one. That's pretty cruel. That pull my finger? Why? So my dad would bust ass, and I. Would, like, <laughs> You know, that's Larry King style right there, right? Larry King didn't even... I have a Larry King story I told. He's Larry King, it turns out, was a farter. All right. Uh, farter. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code that was mentioned and must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. New customers only on this minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for more details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Luke, MorningCombat.store is our own merch house. And uh, last chance, do it today. 
You want to get your Cyber Monday deals? You want to buy a big load? You want it there for Christmas? Order today, folks. Okay, do it. Get it done. You're running out of times. What do you want? Drug rugs? We're trying to get a few back in there, Luke, but you can buy everything else. Great Christmas line of Luke and I touching tips on, on sweaters, not just underwear. On, on, that's a new logo. I like that feel of where they're going. Mm -hmm. that. It seems uh, insane, but people seem to want it, so... Did you get your dad any merch from MK yet, true or false? No, not, a, not, not nothing, zero. But my dad hasn't asked for Christmas gifts in a long time, so. Yo, there's still time for us to go to that rental in Vegas and shake that person up. Luke, I'd do it on camera. I would do it on, for MK. Ryan, uh, Ryan B Brain had a date last night at the Tux place. <laughs> I can fathom no other reason that it took so long other than you had a really intimate moment with a very hefty lady. It took, that's rude, but it took very long. It took a very, it was a very long rental. Uh, I got it done, though. It so. will be on the... It will be... Uh, we have footage of it, so you'll see it later. Thank you to our staff who crammed into this hotel room. Thank you to you, the listener. I hope we delivered a UFC 269 preview that, that nobody else is capable of. Okay? I don't think that they are. Yeah. And uh, if you see us in the awards tonight and we've lost, send us a nice tweet or a DM to make us feel better. Or just forget about us. Like, you know. like most people will. Think we'll be nominated ever again? You think this is one out? I, uh, I was surprised we got this one. But you never know. It's possible. Chance in hell? You're yes. saying there's a chance. You're yes. saying we got a, they're saying there's a chance. Yes, yes. Like uh, Lauren Holly in Dumb and Dumber. Yes. Saying more like one in a million. We should dress in those same tuxes, man. That'd be so epic. I don't have the balls to do it, but... I have the balls to do it, yeah. That's probably so which one would you have, the orange or the blue? I'd like to go like the powder blue. I'd like that, yeah. I'd have to wear the fucking orange. I'd be the orange if that was the deal breaker. Would you wear... The, here's the real question. Would you wear the cane and the top hat? That's the thing. 100%. Yeah, I'd go, yeah. I'd go there. I, you know, it's not my preferred route. I don't want, you know, but I'd go there. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Morning Combat is over. That's Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. Thanks to the staff, Showtime, Malka, CBS Sports, all that, and then some tall, pale, and handsome, at least at one point in my life. BC is signing off here. Follow us below on those socials. Uh, buy our shit in that. Showtime 30-day free, something like that. Pounding sand at the end of it. Showtime.com. You can try it if you like it. You can keep it. If not, whatever. You should keep it, though. You should probably keep it. It's good. Uh, Luke, take us out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. All right. For Malka, CBS Sports, Showtime, and for this laundry day wearing piece of shit. My name's Luke Thomas. We'll see you later. May all your games be loyal.